The Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is brought to you by Onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T, makers of Alpha Brain, New Mood, which Brian needs to keep him stable. It keeps him alive, ladies and gentlemen. If it wasn't for New Mood, off the deep end. <laughs> I would have no brain. You would barely be alive, man. <laughs> uh, what, are, what, are, what are nootropics? The fuck are you talking about, Joe Rogan? What is Alpha Brain? It's, it's way too complicated for me to explain in a podcast when I'm this high on marijuana. So let me be honest with you. You need to go to onnit.com. That's O-N-N-I-T. If you're interested in, in nootropics or in... And what essentially are uh, nutrients. It's an do- alpha male pill. Can I have one? And it's not that. It doesn't do anything <laughs> for your, your penis. It might make you like, no, more I mean, excited like about the fact that you have one. More confident in public. You no, know? Not really. It's, uh, it, it, it helps the brain produce more neurotransmitters. The idea is it's the essential nutrients that your brain needs to fire more efficiently. It gives you like a little, not a buzz. It's not like a coffee buzz. You know, It's not like a stimulant buzz, but it, I... I take them for every show. I take them for every UFC. I take them for anything where I really feel like I have to fire my brain, and I really feel like it works. It makes it, it, there's a bunch of different clinical studies that are on a bunch of different ingredients that are in each. Uh, you know, Alpha Brain like is one formula, and there's um, Shroom Tech is another formula. There's a, bu- a bunch of different things that do different. Some for sports performance, but cool. But this Alpha Brain shit is it's all nootropics. It's all different vitamins that have been shown to have a positive effect on human neurochemistry. And some of them they use for like people that have Alzheimer's patients. And some of them are kind of controversial. Look, I, I think if anybody is interested in any of this stuff you need to just google it and sort of research it and don't don't just start taking any pills but i can tell you tell you from my personal experience that i've been taking nootropics for a long time i firmly believe in vitamins supplements eating healthy i think just just nootropics is not enough certainly you need to the most important thing is get nutrients in your body that before anybody sells you any pills or anything you should be eating really good food that's like the most important thing they don't even know if you get everything exactly from a vitamin that you could get from the actual food with the vitamin in it and there's a lot of controversy on that I know that uh, it's certainly better to supplement to ensure that you have uh, a good supply of nutrients that your body can use to repair itself. And it makes me feel better. It gives me more energy, and, and I, I'm just a, a huge proponent of, of health. I think uh, it's a super overlooked thing. It's too easy to overlook, but you can get into it. You can get into it, and it, and it can help your body. And you, when your body works better, your brain works better. It sounds like a Sylvester Stallone quote. Sounds like I think he said that in Cobra. Yeah, when your body works better, you work, your body works better. Oh. But uh, we also have uh, kettlebells and battle ropes in now. These are the, the newest addition to onnit.com. And if you uh, have ever seen kettlebell workouts before, they're essentially like a bowling ball, like a cannonball with a fucking handle on it. And you swing these things around and do all these crazy exercises with it. And it gives you awesome functional strength. It's, you learn to use your body in an athletic manner to move this heavy rock. And it, it, it translates into physical activities in a way that I believe that like straight bodybuilding type exercises don't really. I mean, you can do bodybuilding exercises and still be an amazing athlete. Don't get me wrong, but I don't necessarily think it's the best way to improve athletic performance with like 
isolation type exercises. I've always felt like it's, you're way better off um, doing things that move your whole body, like Olympic lifts or battle ropes. Something where your bat, battle ropes are these long, heavy, 40-foot-long, giant fucking sailor ropes. And you slam these things up and down. It's an incredible workout. You do it in sprints, like you sprint for 30 seconds and, and then rest for 20 and sprint for 30 seconds. It's fucking nuts. And it gives you insane endurance, insane grip. You like get fucking nutty forearm strength and shit. Tom Rhodes, you need to get involved in this. You take I, one on the road with you in a fucking bowling bag. <laughs> That's it. My new carry-on luggage. That's it. Anyway, go to, go to onit.com. If you're interested in any of the supplements, one thing we can tell you, if you order Alpha Brain or any, any of the nootropics, for the first 30 pills, there's a 100% money-back guarantee. You don't have to return the product. You just say, it doesn't work. I don't like it. It sucks, whatever. I'm, we're so convinced that you're going to enjoy it. You're going to want to buy more. And we're so convinced that it's a, it's a, it's a solid product. I, the last thing I want to do is rip anybody off. I think it's much more important that people don't feel ripped off before you even think about making money. It has to be an even exchange to me. So we wanted to make this as easy, as clean as possible. First 30 pills, 100% money back guarantee. And uh, you're going to like it. You're going to enjoy it. It's, it's fascinating stuff. But Google it. Look into it. There's another product called uh, Neuro One. Okay, named Bill, Bill Romanowski put it out. Very similar type of product. And I recommend that as well. It's excellent. But if you want to buy uh, Alpha Brain or Shroom Tech or any of those supplements, use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10% off. All right, you dirty bitches. Tom Rhodes is here. Brian yeah. Reichel. International man of mystery. Joe Rogan Podcast. Check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day. Joe Rogan Podcast by night. All day. Powerful Tom Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen. Right on, my man. And I don't, I don't work out too much. <laughs> you don't have to. That's just a sales pitch. I'm just trying to get people to buy rocks. I'm sending cannonballs through the mail, son. <laughs> it's a sales pitch. That's awesome. But it does work. I mean, if you're, if you're down with working out, man. Those pills sound great. That's my yeah. kind of workout. I'll get you some just of that. Just wash it down. Yeah. It will help. It would, it would help a little bit more, Tommy, if we get you into some yoga classes. I, I, I was just I was hesitant to say that uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 a few years ago, I was really into Bikram yoga. It's awesome. That's a hot one. Yeah. And I just love it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even good at it. But, uh, you know, I was very svelte when I was doing it. And uh, I'll do it periodically now. It's good to do when you're traveling. But when I was living in Los Angeles, I would go to this headquarters, and there was this little gay Indian instructor. And I hated this guy. He was constantly yelling at me, Tom, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And I'm, like, just holding the position. I'm like, God, why is this guy on my ass, you know? And uh, one time I... uh, uh, he was because most yoga instructors are cream puffs. They don't yell at you. This guy would yell at people. Yell at you. And he and like somebody would lie down and he'd go, "Get up, get up! This is not Silver Lake." <laughs> like apparently, Whoa. like they're real cream puffs and Silver Lake. <laughs> but um, one time, this guy was um, in this L.A. one, the headquarters. I guess actors or whatever. Some guys go in there in their underwear. And, what? And there was a guy, and he had these Calvin Klein striped underwear. And the, and the, oh, come on. And the, and really? He, and he's, he's like, yeah, he was like a couple people down from me. And the little gay Indian instructor goes, I just want to say, you men who want to come in here with your underwear, what is that? You, in the striped Calvin Kleins, do you think we want to see that? I'm gay, and I don't want to see that. Whoa. And it was really awesome. <laughs> well, that sounds awesome, but the other part of him sounds like the opposite of what a yoga guy is supposed to be like. 
you know, this is not Silver Lake. Like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah, are yeah. you talking but about? But one time he comes over to me, I was, you know, and he shows me how to do some position. And then he goes, what's your name? And I go, Tom. <laughs> and, he, and I go, so does that mean I'm not the Tom you're always yelling at? Apparently there was another guy in the class named Tom who, like, apparently really sucked. Oh, so he was yelling at him. <laughs> he, and I he, thought he was yelling at me oh, for, like, three months. Oh, that's hilarious. And it turns out it was somebody else. I was so just, you would just, like, keep your eyes straight Just locked in the just, position, just yeah. holding that shit, <laughs> trying to do it perfect. It's kind of, yoga is very humbling, because if you, even if you think you're a badass, you're like, oh, a fucking good bench press 215, you know, one of those guys, you, right. it's fucking hard to just stand there. It's hard to stand there in certain positions. Yeah. There's like a lot of, a lot of those like really deep poses where you're like, you can't believe how difficult it right. is to maintain. Uh, what I love about it is, uh, you know, you see old people that look fantastic yeah. in these yoga classes. Well, it lets you use your body in a, like, a, like a real flexible way. Like your body gets opened up. Like they're doing these crazy things that are constantly stretching the tissue and pulling the tissue. So everything has this. Right. Like, everything loose... has a purpose. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people have back problems when they get older. Just the mm-hmm. fact that you're bending your spine like that. And then like certain, you know, neck moves. You're massaging yeah. your lymph nodes where people get cancer. Mm-hmm. I say as I reach for a cigarette. Oh, how dare you? Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, people carry a lot of tension in their muscle tissue. And, you know, if you just stretched, even if you don't want to take a yoga class, it sucks to just sit there and stretch. But I'm telling you, if you did it just a little bit every day, you'd feel more relaxed. It feels like you, you alleviate some tension. Like your body has just got this fucking spring thing going on where everything's pulled in. Yeah. And if you could just... Uh, it literally physically makes you feel like you've alleviated some stress just by pulling that muscle tissue apart. Now, it's like we, we, a lot of times we, we, you know, there's a lot of people, especially when you see people in traffic and road rage and freaking out for, you know, objectively nothing. What right, that's it? always it. Like, you'll be coming home from a yoga class and, like, <laughs> you'll see you're driving and you're all mellow and there's people freaking out. And you're like, oh, it's, it doesn't dude. even make sense. Yeah. It's like, well, what is that? Well, it's because this guy's got all this shit stored up inside of him. So anything is making him pop. Anything's right. making him pop. It's just failure after failure after fucking. Life shits on them here and there, and this fucking bitch, how could she say that? And fucking get out of my fucking lane. You know, you meet the guy, he's already on nine before you even hit your blinker. You know, yeah. that's all it takes. You know, you hit your blank. You fucking cunt. You can't stay in your lane. <laughs> exactly. You know, and like, LA is filled with those people. They just are I just, I got so to quick go to blow the there. horn. There's a space. I'm not even cutting you off, you crazy bitch. I don't think I'll ever be on the cover of Yoga Magazine. Uh, <laughs> And I, uh, I, I saw you're 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 on the cover of Fighter magazine. Uh, yeah, Fighter. I loved it. I read UK, that piece. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, was, uh, they're really nice. You're like guys, such a man. badass. <laughs> I'm just a comedian that likes different things. That's it. I, I, I not a real badass. I'm only a badass uh, uh, if you don't know how to fight at all. If you don't know how to fight at all, I'll fuck you up. But if you're good, you'd probably kick my ass. So it's not really a badass. <laughs> no, I thought <laughs> it was when awesome. When you work it, for the it, UFC, it, it, you're constantly around. Like the the elite of the elite fighters of the world. You want to talk about like a alpha males experience? Jesus, wow. Well, just you know, assassins like Anderson Silva. When you're around Anderson Silva, okay, Anderson Silva is a very nice guy, very friendly guy, always happy, very nice people. But make no mistake about it, that motherfucker is a stone cold killer. He's a killer. He's the greatest fighter that's ever walked the face of the earth. When you're around that guy, that's some humbling shit, man. You know, you just know that that guy could light you up 
and there's not much you can do about it. There's not much you can do about it. I uh, hope I, it ends quick. I've always loved boxing, and you know, it's amazing. Like you see, like lightweights and stuff. You see these these little guys. Like if you yeah. if you saw them on the street with like clothes on, mm-hmm. you'd probably think, oh, I can kick that guy's ass. Yeah, sure. But, like, they're like the most vicious. Like, like a guy like Uriah fighters. Faber. Yeah, Uriah Faber's not. You know, he's a short guy, but he's a fucking beast, man. You know, any normal dude, two hundred fifty pound dude that fuck with Uriah Faber, he'll get a hold of your neck, man. I don't care if he fights at 145 or 135. He gets a hold of your neck. It's night-night. You know, that's, that's, that's a crazy quality to have, you know, to be just like a, a human bulldog. And I know a lot of those dudes. You know, it's a, that's a very, it's humbling, very humbling thing. It's, it's fascinating, too, because you're watching the best that have ever been, really. It's like you're getting a chance to, when, I'm, when I show up at work and watch uh, the UFC fights, I'm getting a chance not just to watch, like, the best of today. Unquestionably, the best martial artists that have ever existed. Like, these are the best of the best ever. This is, like, an epic, like, peak of activity where, like, the, 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 the technique and, the, like, the, the, uh, the ability and the, the overall game of these fighters, it's, it's so much better than it's ever been before. It's, like, insane. It's saying, it's saying how much it's evolved and grown just in, like, the past 10 years. Well, it's amazing the effect it has on the United States. Like, you see bars that are just packed to the gills. You can't get in when the UFC's on. People think it's, like, some Rome shit. It's the fall of Rome. It is totally Rome (laughs) shit. But you know what? The people were very entertained in Rome. Yes. You know? They never complained about the entertainment. You know? The the viaducts might have been leaky. It's funny that it's the oldest. (laughs) Caligula will poke you in the ass. But, hey, what a show. You know, look, I will unapologetically defend mixed martial arts to the end because I love it it's fun to watch and for me uh, you know if, if we are evolving it's not happening within my lifetime and I'm going to enjoy what I enjoy sorry you know uh, people like doing it they like doing it and people like watching it and that's all that matters to me I know a lot of those people they're very nice people but they have a calling and their calling is to see how many people they can beat the fuck out of <laughs> and it's a crazy they're, they're essentially playing a crazy game what that's I mean throughout human history you know men fighting each mm-hmm. other uh, and showing who's the dominant fighter is, is, is timeless entertainment but it's, that's why it's so weird that it's the oldest sport really that's ever existed I think, I think, I think uh, uh, boxing was like one of the first Olympic sports yeah but fighting in general, combat sports, the idea of trying to take on another person physically. The, all, the only reason why, I mean, it, it, it is the oldest form of competition between males, for sure. And, and now it's the biggest and newest sport now in the current generation. That doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that it like, didn't exist all along this time. That it was only in limited forms, like they like dribbled it out with boxing, a little kickboxing over here. They never, nobody ever put everything together. Right, said, Why don't the, you guys the, the Thai fun? boxing. Yeah. I was in Thailand years oh. ago. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that Thailand is was never colonized. All those other, you know, Vietnam, the French, and all these different uh, Asian countries have been colonized, but Thailand never was. And I always thought it was because of the colonial white dudes came over there and saw Thai boxing, like. Fuck, I don't want to <laughs> knee in the stomach. <laughs> well, they have a weird way about them, don't they? The ties? Yeah, they do the, uh, that, that snake charmer dance at the beginning. Yeah. If you ever been to Bangkok, man, you go to the fights. It's so great. And it's, they play that snake charmer music, and yeah. they kind of they're up on one foot, and they're moving like a, a, a snake, like a cobra. It's a wild so they, style So they dance fighting. and uh, acknowledge each other before they start swinging. It's well, they, they, not, they don't just do that. They, they also agree to start out slowly. 
they start out slowly in the first round. They, they don't attack. Like American fighters, like the bell rings, they charge out. It's a tradition amongst the Thai fighters to start slowly so that the bets can get in. Oh, wow. So the first round. Today's knowledge nugget. The first round is like a lot of this. Whack! Because the bets are still... Because they got a real real lazy uh, bookkeeper in the window. They don't really go for it. so fast. Well, you know, there's a lot of bets. Like, It's not like it started and you know more bets. Well, I think the bet, the line changes, you know. The bets are still coming in. They want to make sure that all the bets are in. So they, they get, I'm sure, they get instructed to fight at a very methodic pace for the first round. The first round, you don't open up too much. Then the second round, the bets are in. Then it's time to go to war. Mm. So most Thai fighters, they would have a disadvantage when they would fight in, like, K1 because they weren't used to coming out of the gate guns blazing. They were used to letting this first round be sort of a right. betting round. And if they're uh, drenched in blood, they keep the fight going in Thailand. In Thailand, they do? You know, there was a, uh, a movie made, I think, about five years ago, and it's a, it's a true story. Uh, this guy, Thai fighter, uh, he used his winning prize money to have a sex change. Yes. <laughs> and it was a little at a time. So, like, you know, he's, he's half a woman, he's got the boobs on, and he's still beating everybody's ass. Yeah. And, you know, well, apparently when he got his uh, <laughs> testicles removed, though, that's when it was night-night. Well, when that they, guy, when they that guy really him. beat my ass. I'm kind of attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, I think he started losing once he became a full-on woman. <coughs> once he got his nads cut. Yeah, once. Yeah, so it's you know. Hey Joe, question about girl. your Fighters Magazine cover. Uh, one, you look like CGI here for some reason. Like, but but one, what's up? Is this is this your head like photoshopped on somebody else's body, or did you actually pose with the microphone like that? Because isn't that weird? It looks like they just kind of pasted your head on somebody else's <laughs> this is you know it looks like some lee harvey oswald type yeah shit. no it no that's just the shadow that was uh i was in the octagon oh that's cool and they just put a camera right in front of my face they said all right stand there like, okay, like this and it, it looks like i'm kind of mean mugging yeah <laughs> and you look cgi for some i did a bunch of different ones i did a bunch of me smiling but that's the one they picked they picked like almost who like, wants a guy smiling on the cover of <laughs> fighters magazine <laughs> <laughs> Silly. I like the pictures on the inside. Is that your pad, the house? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I have. Um, I have. Thanks a gym. for never inviting me over. Hey, you want to come over? Come on, Tom Rods. We're friends. I don't like swimming. <laughs> I don't like hot dogs. <laughs> you know how much I love hot dogs. Oh yeah, this is a, a picture of your gym inside that. Uh, you that great shot. Yeah, I got a gym that's like set up like uh, it's like a cage and uh, zebra mats. That's a great shot. Up. That's a wow. So it's like this, um, it's like a full <laughs> MMA gym. That's your old stripper moves there, isn't it? I'm trying to get sexy right there. You'd be a great stripper, I just realized. I'd be okay, but I'm lazy. Like Magic Mike I wouldn't style? really hustle. I, wouldn't be, I would be like, do you want to dance or whatever? <laughs> You're yeah, such a good shape. You know, and, and you kind of shattered that thing. For, I always thought like guys with muscles weren't funny, like comedians, like guys who were really like, buff. Yeah. But you're like funny, and you talk about like, I thought that too. political things. <laughs> and um, I don't you know, think we should whatever ever be preconceived notion I had about muscle guys. Yeah, you and Carrot Top knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, man, me and CT, we was all about breaking boundaries. It was all about setting precedents. It was all about milestones. You know what I'm saying? Watermarks, high watermark. Me and CT, we go way, we go way back. I love Caretop. He's old friend. Prop days. He's from Florida. Hollow. And uh, I saw him in Vegas like two weeks ago. He's not yeah. as he's not as buff as he was. He kind of yeah. He I got, mean, he's he like in really good crazy. shape, he but he's, he's not that yeah. bulging like um, he was. He got a little crazy and then he brought it down. Really good guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. I've heard that from yeah. everybody. And whatever whatever makes people laugh, you know, is yeah. a good thing. Uh, I hate I hate snobby comedians, you know what I mean? Mo- I do as people, well. Motherfuckers got problems in this world. Yeah. And uh, my father, um, who's passed now, uh, years ago I, I got tickets for us to see the Rolling Stones at the MGM in Vegas. I don't know, it was like 10, 15 years ago. And uh, something screwed up with the tickets at Will Call. And we're like, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and we came all the way to Vegas and with my dad, we went and saw Carrot Top. And, you know, one of my, uh, you know, my, my dad's the reason I'm a comedian. He had comedy albums. He took me to a, oh, really? my first comedy show. And, oh, you know, awesome. uh, now that my dad has passed, that's one of my favorite memories is, is thinking about sitting with him. You know, my dad's drinking his little rusty nail cocktails and, you know, thinking about him laughing at Carrot Top shit. You know? <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's beautiful. You know who's super buff nowadays is uh, Dave Chappelle. I don't, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I saw, really? I saw him Chappelle. the other day at the Comedy Store, Yokes. and it's just scary how strong that I guy is. I heard he was doing MMA, but I never heard like online like there's a gym where someone was training with Dave Chappelle. I never heard any of that. But yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. Dave was always like really skinny. I guess he got tired of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to fuck people up. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, the idea that you know you you have to be fat or you have to be skinny or you have to be muscular. Or you have to, you either think funny or you don't think funny. If you either you know put invest time into it and treat it like it's an art form, or you don't. It doesn't matter if you have any muscles. It's silly. How many hours a day do you spend like writing comedy? You don't have forty minutes to go work out. You know, right? <laughs> you know, you don't have an hour here or there. You probably right do. in that old model of like the, the the alcoholic comedian who didn't take care of himself. I mean, of the eighties, you know that. Uh, I don't like. Yeah, those, those people have all fun. died. Yeah, and they didn't look like they were having a good time. At the end, you know that that alcoholic life is a tough, tough life. You know, Dom Herrera, a good friend of mine, uh, recently quit. He's quit for like seventeen, eighteen days. He hasn't had a drink, and you know he's just talking on the podcast yesterday. We did the Ice House Chronicles, and he was just talking about how great he feels, and it's amazing to wake up and not have a hangover. Right, right, and how right. He was planning for hangovers. He would like schedule flights. Like I don't want to get up then. I'll be hungover. Right. Like he knew he was going to feel like shit. And he said it just this 16, 17 days. He goes, I feel sharper. Goes, I took a break from drinking for the month of March. And uh, it was remarkable how sharp I was on stage and how uh, clear-minded, you know, without having a beer or two. Yeah, well, the body is a, a fucking machine, man. And when you throw some shit in it that it has to deal with, you know. But, you know, can, you get older and, you know, your up. body changes. You know what I mean? You know, everybody can remember when you're younger and you could just get plastered at a party <laughs> and then wake up the next day and help a friend move and then play softball in the afternoon. It was. You know. I have a theory about that. And I think that when you're younger, you're less aware of your body. You're less aware of the consequences of being exhausted. You're less aware of what you've done when you, you poison yourself and you fucking wake up hungover. When you get older, you know what you did. And so when you get older, you really accept it and think about it and dwell on it. Well, I could like, barely leave the bed nowadays. I never used to have that a problem where you'd really? like get up and you're just like, holy shit, I, I just need to go back to bed and call this day off because it's been – I never had that when I was 21. You know, God, you got to get in shape, kid. <laughs> you have to. I know. I mean, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous. No, I just need to not drink that hard. <laughs> you gotta, but it's getting in shape as well. You got to have a body that's resilient. You, wanna, you want your body to have at least some – like day-to-day effort. You want it to be fighting things off, pushing things, pulling things, doing something where your body feels the need to be vital. 
to have vitality. And that, that's like your body, you have to think of your whole thing as uh, one unit. And if you look at it as one unit, if one part of it is like detracting resources because it's all fucking falling apart and fucked up and shit and it's all kinked and twisted and it's not used correctly, it's never been stretched out, that's going to give you problems. It's going to cause you resources. Like you, you, the, your thoughts won't be as clear. Your ideas won't be as concise. Because you're going to be dealing with this fucked up body. I always think like I meet brilliant people that have fucked up bodies. And I'm like, imagine how brilliant this motherfucker would be if he just took care of his health as well. Right. Well, you know, um, I would never purchase such a thing. Uh, but a friend of mine's mother got divorced uh, years ago. And he had, like, he had some boxes of her shit. And on the top of it was uh, one of those Anthony robin's courses yeah i forget which one it was um you know seize the whatever seize the opportunity uh, yeah you know create a uh, franchise um but it would be but your it, own universe but you know I, I i listened to these uh these like eight discs these cds it was the course and it's the his whole thing is you should start your day exercising yeah. even if you're a fat fuck just get up and walk a half hour uh, whatever you should always start your day exercising because when you exercise you like kind of e- omit this energy mm-hmm. and people want to do business with you because you appear healthy mm-hmm. and that you know yes. yeah. uh, even if it's just the absolute bare minimum and that was like his whole thing that he kept going back to yeah. throughout this uh, business course was well, you can force your body and then your day is your better. day is already a victory yes you've already one yes. because you worked out you didn't want to you walked for a half hour your day is a victory and how much of life is momentum it's about getting your shit together for a little while where you feel like things are going great and then it feels like things are going to continue along those lines it's about getting the ball rolling right it's about it's about try, just just a, a little bit of victory a little bit of moving forward and it feels like once things get going in that direction you can kind of make them go in that direction take control bitches Take control of your own destiny. <laughs> Start a yoga class. I'm not very good at it. I feel though. like watching Vision Quest. The problem with yoga is if you're married like I am, there's too many hot bitches sticking their asses up in the wow. air with yoga pants on. And that's just... My fr- uh, Veronica is taking yoga training classes in San Diego. That's what I'm talking about. See? Penthouse pet. That's not what you need. That's not what you need bending over in front of you in a hot box. Right. In but- a hot box where everybody's dripping. Everybody has all sweat. It's like a fucking George than, Michaels video. It's better than running on a treadmill watching television. Fuck yeah, it is. <laughs> but she said that there was like uh, she skipped a class. She like went and like uh, escaped one of the classes because they escaped. all started talking about like spirits. Oh, and she Jesus. and she uh, ate a brownie before she did it, mm-hmm. thinking it was just going to be yoga training. And oh. so uh, then she said that the woman sat there for an hour and talked about like spirits and like all this other crazy. S- I forget the kind of yoga it is or the 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 pro- well, what, what? you know, McKenna always. Uh, said that he believed that yoga was uh, a method for using cannabis, that it was uh, a method for uh, exploring cannabis, and that it was supposed to be co- it's supposed to coincide with the use of marijuana, either smoking hash or eating hash, and that that's what these crazy poses were all about. It's all about uh, achieving these like enlightened states of consciousness while, while under the extreme influence of edible cannabis. Yeah, she tripped out. And so. yeah. Well, have you ever done yoga high? Have you ever done yoga high? Uh, no, I haven't. It's amazing. But it's, it's, you might as well be astral traveling. It's, it'll be like a psychedelic experience. Go to a hot yoga class, get, get super duper baked, and go to a hot yoga class. Holy shit. 
Oh my god. You'll, you'll have a fucking psychedelic experience. Yeah, her idea is to start teaching <clears throat> yoga with her high penthouse friends. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's going to turn into a whorehouse. It'll take, <laughs> take one hour after they open before the first guy comes in with a stack of cash. Right. <laughs> and then it's on. Yoga. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in those shorts, you crazy bitch? Naked yoga. Do they yeah. do that? Well, they, these girls would do it. Wow, naked yoga classes. Jesus Christ, it's going to be a fucking orgy. They got like gonna, yoga who's vacations. Who's going to pay for the you kids? Can, you can go to India and do it like among temples and shit. That, yeah, and deal with annoying people. <laughs> step, <laughs> over, step over like dying children. And, I would totally be willing to do that, except I know too many fucking yoga people. And too many yoga people, they're, they're trying to reverse what they used to be. And they, they struggle, and they don't quite get it right, and they claim to be all beads and roses. and the, the, But if you get involved in a business deal with those cunts, they will try to fuck you. Really? Yoga yeah. people? I've had, yeah, I, I had you, you a very recent situation. You're, you're with stating that yoga people are unethical business I people. Think that, I think that a lot of yoga people are legit. A lot of yoga people are legit. No question about it. I've met some really fascinating people that were like addicted to yoga and how it changed their personality and offered them a new perspective. I think yoga is very psychedelic in that way. But I also know a lot of creepy, fake philosophical motherfuckers that right. do yoga. Well, I mean, you got the California factor, too. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, there's a cute little, think it's one there's of a cute little Bikram yoga in Orlando that I go to. It's good. And it's, uh, it's run by lesbians. Oh, and yeah. It's really cheerful. And uh, they used to be in a small place. Now they're in a bigger place. And I'm proud of them. Well, listen, I love <laughs> yoga. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with yoga. It is a little cultish, though. It gets a little cult-like. It's a little yoga-like. Well, my family, when I told them I was doing yoga, they thought I had joined uh, a cult. There's a lot of people that think that that's such an alien idea. That, I know. Oh, my funny. God. They must be, like, living in a commune. And, and when I say it's cult, like, I'm, I'm joking, totally. But the idea of, you know, this, like, aspired mindset, you know, this yoga mindset, namaste, you know, this... Mm, you know what I mean? This like sort of like you're you're you've adopted this sort of yoga thing. There's this, and that's when I know it's, you're struggling to get your shit together, dude. Okay, and I love that this is what you're aspiring to, but you're not totally there yet. You're still kind of creepy. You're still kind of full of shit. And there's a lot more of those guys. There's a lot more of those like fake. There was a dude who used to teach yoga class. I used to go to. This guy was from South Africa, and really friendly, like clean guy open guy it was totally legit and he would say things that wouldn't even be remotely corny say things that were you know just a, a, a different unique way to look at your day a different unique way to look at people that you came in contact with the guy was 100 percent legit always very even and friendly and very very kind to people and th- ready for this he operated his class on donations you didn't even have to pay. Mm. You could go and take his class for free. And it's in fucking Calabasas, okay? Yeah. This is a really super expensive place. And these, I would watch these rich housewives go in and not even put money in. Wow. They would just go in. Because it was free, they would just do it. Oh, I didn't have any cash. I mean, whatever. You know, I mean, whatever the fuck their rationale was. But, you know, a lot of people paid them because it was, it was so good. It was so legit. So there are guys like that. 
But there was another dude that I that I knew that was teaching yoga that was banging this guy's wife mm. who was uh, taking classes there, and he was wow. just constantly like making the moves on different dudes' wives, and constantly like, and they eventually kicked him out of the community. But I mean, there's those guys, there's those fake bead wearing assholes I, with I the noticed, fucking lotus flower tattoo. I noticed you were looking for an afternoon hobby. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're like like predators on dudes' wives and shit. Well, it's funny. It's like class. when you see a guy acting like a dick uh, in a Bob Marley T-shirt. You're like, yes. hey, you, you, you've missed something here, sir. All of it. You've missed all you've of it. You've missed something about yeah. the program. Well, unfortunately, man, for these people that we see out there that are retarded in this world, they were raised by retarded people. They, I don't think they were raised by really compassionate, interested parents who really put a lot of work into raising them and giving them values. No, they were set loose like wild animals. So it's like an aberration. It's a fuck-up. It's a glitch. You, know? and you, can, you almost can't even make them responsible for it. They're so stupid. You know, that's, that's the big majority of the population. We're raised by... Idiocracy? You yeah. think we're heading to no, I water think, in the fields with I, electrolytes? I think there's always going to be a certain... When, when we ignore the social aspects of, like, social planning and, like, the social aspects of, like, the fact that you have to deal with all these poor people. These poor people live amongst you. And just because we've managed to isolate them in the areas where it's not expensive to live, it do, I mean, this is ridiculous that you would allow such disparity. There's obviously something wrong with the system if there's people like that it is an education thing it is a discipline thing it is a, a, a like a tradition thing i mean if you have a tradition of failure in your world and you're surrounded by <laughs> failure it almost breeds failure and i think as a social engineering uh, plan they the government if they were going to do anything right would look at that and figure out before we fuck with other countries we have to figure out this little thing right here we got to figure out how to how to stop this cycle I don't know. The dumber you are, the better you serve capitalism. So, you know, there's there's a lot of low-level jobs that need to be filled. I think that's horseshit because I think that's pussy capitalism. I think that's like fake competition. I think if it was all done with honor and it was all done under – forgive myself for repeating myself because I say this all the time. But we should have like a a real simple ethic. You know, don't be a fucking asshole. Don't be a cunt. Really simple. Make money but don't be a cunt. If you, as long as you can get people to follow that. That was Jesus' whole message. It should be. Don't be a dick. That's all of Jesus' teachings condensed into one. But, yeah, I don't know why the you know, American government can't figure out that, like, you know, better educated people who have, you know, health care would be better workers, better inventors, right. uh, that we would be, you know, better competitors in the global market if, um, the problem know, is if we gave a hand up to some of these poor people. Yeah, yeah you're right. The problem is everybody's short term. You know, it's like everybody's thinking about the, themselves and profiting in the short term and the, the investors that got them in the office. They want to profit quickly, quickly, quickly. Nobody wants to, like, build up and spend a lot of money to build up parts of the country that doesn't. Who's it going to benefit? Poor people who don't even <laughs> contribute to the campaign? Or, you, they don't, we don't think of them as a resource, you know. It's just fascinating because, you know, we're trying to. You know, trying to find new places to drill into the ground to get oil. But we, we totally ignore the most important resource for changing the world that the universe has ever seen, the human brain. We have millions of ignored potential geniuses, potential world changers, potential unique minds, a million of them <clears throat> cast loose in the jungle of despair that is poor communities. I mean, if you wanted to look at a resource, there's no fucking greater resource than, than people at the bottom of the, of the food chain in, in, in culture. Those, that's the greatest resource ever, human beings. 
Like you have the if we wanted to make the world better, it's it's it seems like you would have to fix the base. You'd have to fix the bottom. What's the broken part? You got to fix that shit. You know, and people say, "Whoa, fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps." You got to learn how to do that. <clears throat> you know, you can't just leave know, a baby I, in the woods. I love the, all the rich white people complaining about the Occupy movement. It's like, why can't you just get a job? And oh my god, Did do you the see American it? dream. It's always the yeah. anybody can do whatever they want. Did you see Giuliani say that? Mm-mm. Giuliani did some speech where he said, you know, how about you occupy a job? <laughs> like, how about you go on an open mic night, you hack? <laughs> you know, he was fucking high-fiving his staffers when yeah. they, they came up with that one. Yeah, they were fucking psyched. He nailed it. He nailed it. He hit the line. They're on their phones. He hit the line. It was brilliant. Perfect timing. The audience went nuts. I just love that white people were surprised that there's some unhappy people in this country. Ian Edwards has a fucking great bit about it, and I don't want to paraphrase, but about how more people, everybody has been robbed by white dudes in suits. Everybody. Like, people are afraid of black people, but everybody's been robbed by white dudes in suits, including black. It's really fucking funny, but so goddamn true. Like, how could they be surprised that anybody would be mad that, like, what was bailout? What's going on? (laughs) Trillions of what the fuck happened, and where did it go? Where did it, it doesn't even make any sense. You look at the numbers that they talk about, like, you know, at 13 trillion, what, what are, where is that coming from? You're just making this up. Like, this isn't even a real thing. You're just passing around some, some new number. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, where's this even coming from? It doesn't even make sense. 13 trillion dollars. What? That, that doesn't even make sense to me. I can't, I can't wrap my head around more than, than a $100,000 or something like that. Anything more than $100,000, I'm like, what is going on out there? I can't see that far. It doesn't even make any sense. It just doesn't seem real. $13 trillion is like, stop it. That's not even a real number. That can't be real. We, and where did it go? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You did what with it? It doesn't make any sense. It seems like there's no way that should ever be able to happen. The system should be, it should never be that money can just disappear. Should never be that like fuck. Well, sorry, the shit. It's not worth anything anymore. It's all gonna tumble down now, and the houses are gonna stop appreciating. And like, what? What kind of wacky fucking system are we running? Are we running a confidence game? Right. Well, we believed in the value of things that weren't worth that. That's where it gets really crazy when people are buying houses, and then right, and they were like, there was like you know, little uh, crappy, you know, drywall stucco places going for like five hundred thousand, yeah. seven hundred thousand, and they're worth like a hundred and fifty yeah. at best. Especially in L.A., man. I've had friends that bought, like, in, in L.A., and you're like, you're out of your mind, man. Like, you're, like, in the belly of the beast. You're going to get the, the shittiest price for your, your, or, you know, for buying something? Like, why would you want to live, like, that stuffed in there like that? L.A.'s the weirdest kind of city, too, because it's really spread out. It never built up because of the whole earthquake thing. <laughs> but it was like, listen, let's just fucking, you know, two stories is good. <laughs> One of these things comes tumbling down. You see those um, those high rises in like downtown LA. They just stand out like a giant zit. I'll tell you what's weird about LA is the downtown. There's some really magnificent old buildings down there, mm-hmm. and like this was it had was a real uh, vibrant actual downtown. Yeah, at, uh, one, point at one point in time, and now it, it looks like Omega Man. It's yeah. just like you know, people zombies don't, and uh, um, you know homeless crazy yeah. crazy people. People don't even realize how bad it is. We, we've talked about it so many times on this show. You really almost have to go there to see it. 
Right, but I don't understand. I mean, especially all these great buildings. Why people don't just like move back downtown? And well, they are. No, there is a movement. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Right? Yeah, I know. There's some lofts down there. I a lot of people are moving downtown. Down well, there's a lot of new shit that's opening up downtown. There's, there's a really cool night nightlife too. Like like there's a, a lot of good bars and a lot of good restaurants. And it, it, it's I've been hanging out more downtown lately, and it's really cool. But it is still just too mixed up. There's not. There's not a, a, a good border of hey, don't walk down this street because you'll die, and this street's cool to walk down. Right. Like I, like I went the wrong direction out of. There's a comedy club that I, I, I did a spot at, and I went the wrong direction back to my car, and it was like the scariest fucking street in the whole entire world. <laughs> and like halfway down the street, I'm like, oh, this is the wrong street. And then when I turn around, there's like all these people like behind me walking. I'm like, oh shit. What the fuck is this? This yeah. is straight out of Boys in the or You got to be hood. ready to hit that accelerator, <laughs> yeah. son. You got to be ready I, to I let people a, fly over your hood. I stayed in a hotel down there a few weeks ago. There's a there was a real cool punk rock bar on was it Linwood, something like that? Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know. The punk rock bar. Something wood. Hmm. We Second did a lot Street. of Fear Factor shit down there in downtown LA, and uh, we did because lot there's of, lots of space, lots yeah. of space. <laughs> you can uh, and a lot of old turn a water cannon on the homeless people, and the street's yours. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of uh, old buildings that they, uh, you know, there's a lot of like like tying half, zip lines through and stuff. Well, it's weird. Like you, you go to these old buildings in downtown LA, and you'll go to like the first two floors. It'll be like an American Apparel factory. And they'll be like working, making jeans and shit. You walk right, right. in, and it's, and it's it's real weird. And then you keep walking through there, and then above that, it's completely abandoned. Right, just dust all over concrete floors, broken windows. It's really bizarre. Right. It's like you'll have a ten-story building, but you only have two stories that are occupied. And then we would put up some fucking contraption on the roof and sling people off the side and shit. I mean, that was what uh, the the show we did that a lot in downtown LA. But now that Fear Factor that, is no longer on the air. Uh, I feel really bad for the maggot industry. Yeah, uh, right. Whoever was like cultivating all the bugs and maggots for that show. I really don't like, think that's that, much of a That industry has collapsed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a guy just like breeding you waiting, waiting for our order, <laughs> really weren't going to get much out of us. Yeah, he bought a new co- like house. And he <laughs> right, just right. I was banking on that show. <laughs> that's hilarious. The maggot industry. Downtown L.A. is also uh, where they shot Robert F. Kennedy, and I think they're... No, they shot him at the Ambassador, which is on Wilshire, because... That's not downtown? Well, it's kind of. It's Koreatown, because oh, I, uh, I lived in the Gaylord across the street uh, years ago. I remember. I hung out with you once. Oh, Went that's right. You came to my house. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smoked a little of the marijuana. We've hung out in some really interesting uh, circumstances yeah. throughout the years. Yeah, well... Remember it's... when um, I had the Mr. Road show, you were on news radio? And it was like I, you know, it was like such a, a, a juggernaut of uh, and and had all this pressure on me. And I remember we, um, they had the new show announced. That was a Comedy Central show or N- was NBC? NBC. Oh, what do you, wait, wait a minute. Which which show are you talking when about? When I had a sitcom. Oh, Mr. that's Rose. right, dude. That's when you and had you the long on, hair, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But you and, have a you had a Comedy Central show as well. I did a lot of stuff for Comedy Central. I did uh, the, uh, Viva Vietnam and. They let me film all kinds of stuff. I th- why do I think you had a Comedy Central show as well? No. You didn't? Oh, no. You know what I'm confusing it with? Your Dutch show, your uh-uh. Amsterdam show. That was the show where it was, it was you were the host of it, but it was another name? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the, the Kevin Masters show. The Kevin Masters show. Or Late Night with Kevin Masters. But there was no Kevin Masters. No, the Dutch people that bought that show, uh, the network... 
they uh, they had bought a concept. They were going to do an American style late night talk show, a la David Letterman, Johnny Carson, uh, and we're gonna. They named the guy before they found the guy, and we're gonna call him Kevin Masters. They thought that was like <laughs> the flashiest American name. <laughs> Uh, showbiz sounding name Kevin Masters and you know I begged him not to do it I said please I think you know I've, uh, I think Tom Rhodes is pretty catchy I really like my <laughs> name I've spent my life you know trying to establish my name and uh, they go well you know um, no we, that's the way it is it's going to be and you know I, I, uh, you know the first year every newspaper magazine interview that I did they would say who's Kevin Masters why is it Kevin Masters <laughs> and I would say I don't know they named the guy before they found the guy and then when guests would say Kevin I would say please my name's Tom and uh, I never you know answered to it and so it was confusing for all the media but and, why and would so they-, they so the so the second uh, the second season onward, it was called Kevin Masters starring Tom Rhodes. So, <laughs> what? What the fuck were they doing? Is it just they were high? The Amsterdam no, people? No, 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 no. And that's the thing about Holland is they, they you know, um, uh, people, normal people there don't smoke a lot of weed. It's just tourists. It's, it's yeah. They say you're either a teenager or a tourist if you smoke. If weed? you smoke weed, and it's that's kind hilarious. of frowned upon. Uh, if you're in your 30s and 40s and you're still smoking weed, you're considered very immature. Wow. Well, that makes sense. That that's what happens when you allow people to do whatever the fuck they want. Well, I mean, my wife is from Holland, and we've had this conversation a lot, you know. And, and her perception is that in the United States, it's like really cool to smoke pot, but in Holland, you know, they they you know marijuana is uh, tolerated. Um, uh, they educate the people that it's actually an uncool thing and that it uh, will deplete your creativity and your That's life. hilarious. How the fuck did they push that? Deplete your creativity. Well, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's what it's just... What's, that's common they just have a co- cultural perception culture. and the way they teach it. Conservative to, style. They're very Calvinist Christian society. They believe in partying after you've worked a 50-hour work week. Right, right, right. You know, you can yeah. do whatever you want as long as it doesn't harm other people. And uh, that's nice. You got a little clip of it there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, she was the host of um, what was Shaja? Um, God, Morali. Shaja, really hot redheaded woman. She was the uh, host of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And how many years did you do this for? I did it for th- uh, two years. Did three seasons uh, on air for two. And then the same network let me be a presenter on a travel program. Huh. So, um, and it's really an interesting story because, um, you know, first of all, the thing about Holland is uh, that always amazed me is, is that, that, you know, the drugs and prostitution are, you know, not legal, but they're tolerated. And, uh, but in Amsterdam, they're like really strict. You're not allowed to ride your bicycle on certain streets. And the cops do not fuck around. You could be selling cocaine. They don't care. Do not ride your bicycle on certain streets. And then also, like, uh, you can get uh, tickets for putting your garbage out a night early. They, so they've got a lot of really strict rules, right. even though, like, drugs and prostitution are, are tolerated. So I moved there for this Dutch girl. I had started playing in Europe a lot, London primarily. And uh, the comedy store in London is one of the greatest comedy clubs in the world. And... You know, once you crack London, there's all these other worldwide tours. Uh, there's gigs in Asia and Australia and, and all over Europe uh, once you, you get in with London. So I had played in Holland. I fell in love with this girl, 
little blonde Dutch girl. And uh, I ended up moving to Holland for this girl. And we were together for two years. And I was doing, um, uh, there it wasn't much of a comedy scene in, in, in Holland at the time. I was flying back and forth to London on weekends, playing all over Europe and everything. So the relationship didn't work out. And uh, she broke up with me, and I was just about to move back to the United States. And I'd completely fallen in love with Holland. I thought it was just such a wonderful, magic country, and I loved everything about it. And these people saw me in a comedy club, uh, and they were looking for an American to host the late-night talk show, and they gave me the, the job. So I got to stay. I thought I was, uh, you know, this girl, we broke up, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going back to the States. But then, boom, I get this television opportunity and uh, you know I, I always dreamed of uh, I always loved Carson and you know being the guy in the $3,000 suit coming out from behind the curtain standing on the X doing your little five-minute monologue you know and so I got to live this dream and the girl that broke up with me uh, for one year after uh, she broke up with me she would still get together and fuck me all the time holla holla so, is my kind of girl so uh, I, I, <laughs> I was I was still in love with her Oh, Tom. And I wanted to get back together with her. Once in your <coughs> life, you find her. I hear the... Was it Arthur? <coughs> Were you yeah. writing poems? Did you write a poem? No, 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 no. But, I mean, <laughs> she was an amazing human being. And I... Uh, We're having dinner at this Greek restaurant one night, and I told her, you know, I, I still love you, and I want to get back together with you. And, Damn. And I, I, I know we can make this work, baby. Wow. And she goes, oh, my God, I thought you knew this was just physical. I don't want to get back together with you. So I got all upset like a 14-year-old boy, and I stormed out of this restaurant. And I jumped on my bicycle, and I'm just pedaling my ass off. I'm all upset, and I'm I'm, I'm just crying, and I'm pedaling. And I turned up Leidzestrat, one of the streets you're not allowed to ride your bicycle on. And my front wheel went into the tram track. And I went over the handlebars, and I landed on my face on the street. My forehead, my nose, my chin were scraped to hell. And uh, the next day, I woke up, and my face is mangled. And I had to be on television later that afternoon. Not a studio piece. It was a man-on-the-street filming thing. And my face is mangled. I didn't know what to do. So I went to the Bayerkorf. It's the biggest department store in Amsterdam. And I went to the makeup area, and there was one chair open. And I sat down, and it was this gay guy. And I told him my whole life story. Like, I'm a stand-up comedian from the United States, and I moved here for this girl, and it didn't work out. And she's still <laughs> fucking me all the time. And I said, I want to get back together with you. And she said, I thought you knew this was just physical. And I, <laughs> and I go, I go, and I got, I, got, I got to be on television in three hours. Please help me. And, and the, the, the guy goes, don't worry. I am a professional makeup artist. And when I'm done with you, nobody will know anything happened to you. And I am also in love with a bastard. And he went to work on me, and this guy did such an amazing job. If you'd have known what you were looking for, maybe you could have spotted it, you know, on the television. But I swear to God, this man did such a, a wonderful job covering up these, these, these cuts on my face that I, I think the man saved my job. And I went back the next day with flowers to thank him, and he wasn't there. Went back the next day with flowers, and he wasn't there. Went back every day that week with flowers. I still go back periodically, and I've never seen the man ever again. He was an angel. He never existed. I think he was an angel. I think he was an angel. He was a gangel. Or he died of AIDS that night. No, you didn't, man. He was an angel. (laughs) He died of AIDS later that night. Later that night. That's ruthless, All the makeup. (laughs) Sour my cute little... Heartbroken story. I saw a crazy, <laughs> crazy interview with someone from uh, Colorado, 
where they were talking about uh, the shooting, about how the guy's gun jammed. Yeah. And they believe that it was God that stepped in and jammed his gun. So it's always God. God yeah. does everything. Yeah, I wish he got there sooner, right? Right. Would God you can be available? <laughs> oh, Joe. Like a lightning bolt you could send in there. <laughs> right. Why, why couldn't the guy got in a flat tire on the way over? He got The only time God was there was when the gun jammed. Like, wow. So, I mean, what a what a horrible fucking tragedy, man! Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so terrifying. My cousin lives a few blocks from here. Someone's capable of doing something like I that. I know, you, you, uh, you know, and these like people, that. you know, they they do it for fame, and it should be illegal in in our media in the United States to say the person's name He's, in the news when when somebody does one of these horrific shootings on innocent citizens. They should only refer to that person as that human turd. That human turd mm. that shot those people in Colorado. That human turd that shot those people in Fort Hood, Arizona, Virginia Tech. Yeah, that would be a wise thing to do. But you be know human turd number happen. one, people human turd gonna, number seventeen. No one. It's like a union buster sort of a thing. People. No one's going to agree to not find <laughs> his name. You know. People right. Like, right. We got right, his right. name right here. Come to GoFuckYourself.com. Right. Know? He Someone's said he was the Joker, you know? Mm. And if the guy really was that big of a fan, why didn't he watch the first showing and shoot everybody up at the second viewing? <sighs> it doesn't matter. The whole thing, he's a broken human being. We just have to figure out how to fuck a human being become so broken. What is it? Is it, is it a chemical imbalance? Is he on medication? Right. Is he psychotic? The guy is grew he... up in San Diego. It's the perfect th- there. The thing that scares me, though, is that his mother knew that it was him when, when oh. he came to visit her. She knew that it was her son. Oh, really? Yeah, she was, uh, you know, when she had heard about it, she knew it was him. There's a comedian that uh, uh, Caleb Melody. Oh that yeah, was yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, he actually did a set that night at, uh, at the Comedy Works, and then went to go see that movie later that night. And I guess he got shot in the face. And yeah, I think a, he got shot in the eye. He lost his eye. Yeah, and then he just had a baby. Uh, like a week ago, his wife had a, or a girlfriend had a band. And you can go to, I think it's calibmelody.com. Uh, and support Caleb. Donate money. Caleb. Yeah, dot com. And you can, yeah, you can donate, read support, the story. Support yeah. Caleb.com. Y- yeah. So, but uh, that sucks. That's, yeah, that's yeah. close to home, you know, a comedian getting shot. That's a, just. Well, and just any human, I mean, it's just, what the fuck? It's, you, you wonder when we're ever going to get past this shit. I mean, like, when the Trayvon Martin thing happened, you know, uh, and so much hate and anger in the media on both sides. You know, so many people claiming that the media was uh, unjust in, in their portrayal, and so many black people claiming that you know that this this guy is a criminal and this guy's a murderer. Yeah, I liked white white people were saying, "Oh, did you see what his Twitter name was? It was something yeah. N word." Well, and uh, like like that justified that he got yeah, shot. Yeah, you it's know? It, no doubt it was not handled correctly. No doubt. You know, there's a reason why that guy wasn't allowed to be a cop. They didn't want him to be a cop. You know, it wasn't, it's not, I mean, I know a lot of cops. Yeah, I do too. My cousin's a cop. Yeah, you can become a cop. You know, this guy couldn't. Why couldn't he? Well, it's probably because there's some, something wrong. There's probably something wrong there. Whether the cops are like, nah, not you, dude. Right. I mean, why Talks is the security guy normal? got a gun yeah. anyway? Well, you know, I mean, I guess it, you would want a real trained security guard with a gun if you wanted to have a former military, a former cop who was a security guard, but someone who's trained, someone who's like legit, knows what the fuck they're doing, and has followed protocol. Right. Well, you know, action. also, I'm from uh, Oviedo, Florida, which is the next town over. 
Apollo. And Sanford, uh, you know, it's on Lake Jessup, this massive lake that's connected to the St. John's River that goes to uh, the Atlantic. It was supposed to be, uh, it was a big port in the Civil War. And there's, you know, there's some ancient uh, Civil War uh, era uh, mentality still in that area. Really? Really? I mean, mean, you you got like very poor black neighborhoods. Um, in in places in Florida and the South, you know, where they're on one side of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, exactly. there's railroad tracks at the center of the town. And exactly, black people we're live on one about. side, white people live on the other. That's what I'm talking about, like old, you know, uh, American South separatism and and uh, n- lack of uh, upward mobility. Yeah, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier that if you wanted to fix something man that would be the one thing that you would want to fix and and i think rich people would want to put a lot of money into that too like don't you want things to be safer and nicer wouldn't you want it if more people were were friendly and kind and not like in in desperate need you know don't don't you think it'd be better if more people weren't in desperate need for whatever reason we have a hard time engineering that we have a hard hard time looking at that as a, a number one priority instead it's you know you know where the fuck we're going to pull oil from next, and how much does corn get subsidized this year? And you know what is it? What, is, what, is it, what are our gas prices? And you know that's the, we don't worry about fucking poor neighborhoods. Poor that poor neighborhoods are crazy. The idea that you could live and know that in this one area is like infested with criminals and 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 people who are uneducated and people who are struggling and all the crime rates are far higher. And nobody, nobody, nobody concentrates on that. Nobody fixes that. It's amazing. It's really, it's quite amazing. It just shows you how uh, sort of self-centered the whole idea of running a government really is. I'll tell you how fucked up, um, I mean, uh, I'll tell you how uh, lame our government is. Um, I was driving with my wife uh, last year, and, and we were just talking, uh, you know, about Guantanamo Bay and these people getting tortured and everything, and I was like... Um, I wonder what the top ten songs were that we tortured people with at Guantanamo Bay. Oh. And so she gets on the iPhone and she looks it up. And you're not going to believe Well, like the number one song that we tortured people with at Guantanamo Bay uh, by a band called Deicide or Deicide. It's called Fuck Your God. It's like a very loud uh, death metal song. Okay, okay so that, 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 that sounds appropriate for torturing people. Yeah. But like uh, number two was like... Britney Spears. Uh, no, it was like... Movies in the Heart. It was like... Um, <laughs> That's a good song. Uh, awesome it was like song. American Pie by Don McLean. Oh, wow. Which is not a bad number. And then... Uh, I think they played it over and number over Number three was uh, We Will Rock You, We really? Are the Champions Coming by up, Queen. Number three, the torture music. I could listen to that Brian May guitar riff forever. I think what they're probably doing is just repetitively breaking them down with noise. Well, we can't even get our torture song. songs right. No, wouldn't that be great, dude? Though, to make that playlist. <laughs> that playlist That'd would be, be so, so great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would not have that if I was going to make that playlist. It would be like Helen Reddy, I Am Woman, a hundred times in a row. I would talk. I yeah. talk. Just oh, oh some, oh, some of the He's in Pakistan. He's in Islamabad. It's a big compound. There's very tall walls. <laughs> Just end it. I am strong. <laughs> I am invincible. <laughs> I'm woman. It's over and over and over again. It's you fucking jihad. <clears throat> you just fucking screw. 
scream at the top of your lungs, just leap off the top of the building. Did you hear Snoop Dogg is no longer Snoop Dogg? He's Snoop, He's Lion, Snoop Lion. Yeah, he, he went was, to Jamaica. Yeah. I love that black eyes can change their names. That's badass. You know, and they usually have parties to do so. <laughs> like Puff Daddy, remember when he was yeah. Puff? Now he's not Puff Daddy anymore. Now he's P. Diddy. Prince, I'm just going to be a symbol. I'm that not was, even going to be a word. That was really the best. Prince, <laughs> Prince was the smoothest move ever because I think his. Well, that deal, was a contractual thing that yes, he that, yeah. that he could then he could make his own music or something. Yeah, because he couldn't a, he couldn't be Prince, and I don't think he could change his name. It was like one of those deals. I was like, okay, um, yeah, because you remember he put he had slave on his cheek. Oh yeah, for like <laughs> so a year. Stupid, you know. <laughs> Well, the music companies are they're bad motherfuckers. They hey, know what well, they're doing. Uh, what was the, what was the rap people. guy that had the Band-Aid on his cheek? Oh, uh, Usher? Uh, no, 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 no. R. Kelly. It's getting hot in here. Oh, Nelly. Nelly, Nelly yeah. Band-Aids, that's right. I wonder Band-Aids became I, cool. I wonder if that's healed. <laughs> right? And it was always on like different parts of his cheek. Like He always switched it around. <laughs> this guy's... I thought I was a bad shaver. <laughs> Nelly was so good. Well, how come he didn't I put know, out more think- music? I don't know. Did he just get too rich and just go crazy? Spent all his money on well, and that's it. always it with 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 with, uh, with rap guys is yeah. uh, you know when they make too much money, then they get uh, crazy. Then they they kind of you know dude who's gonna clean my pool is late. You know it's <laughs> it's not his street and yeah loses the message a little bit. Well, now that Little Wayne's out of the pokey, all that shit's changed. My nizzle. Little Wayne. <laughs> do you uh, do you follow rap music at all? Uh, I like everything uh, music wise, but yeah, no, I uh, I, I like rap. Um, I, I interrupted you back. We were talking about when we first met or when we've met and hung out. But one of them was when you had that NBC show, right? Yeah. That's what I was saying. Is you know, and and so it was this. It was like this. Uh, there was a lot of pressure. It was very big time, uh, and NBC had this unveiling of. Their new shows, or, or all their shows, at the Lincoln Center in New York City, and uh, people are coming across the stage. And then, like, I saw you backstage. You came up to me, and I was just like so happy to to see a comedian. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I I, I think you know we hung out and talked for most of the night because yeah. like everybody else, like actors and dude, I felt the exact same way. When whenever I run into a real comedian, it's like, oh, you're here. <laughs> I wanted to hug you. I wanted to hug you. Please tell me what's life like in the sane, sane world you operated in. I mean, we're not sane, but we're sane for us, you know? Like, uh, if you run into Doug Stanhope at the airport, you're so happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? My it's like, kind. yes, yeah. come here, you motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, that's... Uh, the glory of uh, being friends with comedians, you know, to have friends like Joey Diaz, you know. Joey Coco Diaz. Yeah. And, you know, so many of our friends are calm. I mean, everybody that we bring around here to the Ice House, we have these Ice House Chronicles shows. You got to do one, man. They're Love so it. fun. They're so fun. Now, you're here at the Ice House this weekend, right? This Friday and Saturday. This Friday and Saturday. And if you've never seen Tom Rhodes, he's a bad motherfucker. International comedian. A real comics comic. Dude has been around forever. And uh, the Ice House is probably, if not the oldest club in the country, it's right up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, all these classic comedy albums were recorded here, like Bob Newhart, The Button Down Mind, and uh, The Smothers Brothers. Um, I just came out with a a new CD, and it's it's a double um, uh, CD thing. Uh, One is live at the Comedy Store in Sydney, Australia, and the other one is live at the Ice House. 
Those comedy stores are like a ripoff of the real comedy store, right? They don't pay the real comedy store. They just called it the comedy yeah, store. Yeah, no, they're, none of them are related. They're the London affiliate. one, the Sydney one. Sneaky international well, name thieving motherfuckers taking I, money out of Mitzi Shore's pocket. I think uh, she. You know that ain't the comedy store. I, I think there's one in Japan too. I think. Yeah, that ain't the comedy store, bitch. Oh I, no, comedy store. I think they didn't, uh, f- you know, uh, copyright the name. They fucked up. They're, they only copyrighted yeah. it, wrote it in California or the states. Whatever it is, there's only two real comedy stores in the world, ladies and gentlemen. That's Hollywood and La Jolla. That's it. Okay, <laughs> let's not get crazy, Tom. Yeah, Rose. I've never been a big uh, comedy store guy. Uh, like I just recently. Yeah. Uh, like this year, I've done like three sets there, and uh, that, that's uh, well. I, I, it's, I I've enjoyed going there and hanging out. Like I think the last time I saw you was there uh, when I ran into you a few years ago, and you know, uh, good friends of mine play there. Um, but I always had a, a, a strange feeling about the place, which I'm starting to get over now uh, because I've I've enjoyed playing there this year. But uh, I'm from uh, the Orlando, Florida area. And when I was 19 years old, I won this contest, the Funniest Person in Central Florida contest. Oh, wow. uh, not Funniest Person in Florida, Funniest Person in Central Florida, which I think is hilarious. Um, there was a kid in South Florida who was a real badass. Um, and the grand prize of this contest was I got to go to fly to Los Angeles and do a set at the Comedy Store. And I'm 19 years old, man. I've been doing comedy for two years. L.A., the comics are, oh, my God, you'd have thought I was doing Johnny Carson. This is my break, baby. Going to L.A., man. And in retrospect, it was an open mic night. And I only did five minutes. But there was a a very famous comedian there. Uh, I I won't mention the man's name. Uh, And he acted like I was the funniest comedian he'd ever seen in his life. And then he invited. Was he a big guy? I'm not saying. Was it Polly Shore? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Let's just for the record state it was not Polly Shore. All right. Don't even do uh, that, Brian. No, let's not, let's let's uh, let's, let's leave some mystery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, so he may or may he, not be a big guy. He invites me to hang out with him, and then he asked me to uh, take a drive with him. And oh my God, you know who wouldn't want to take a drive? With famous guy, and uh, we car, car. We uh, we parked in front of uh, the Rage on Santa Monica for like twenty minutes. Whoa! That's said the gay bar. Well, years later, when I lived in L.A., I find out the Rage is like the biggest gay bar in Los Angeles. I had no idea at the time. So this guy is showing off his young meat, Whoa. and uh, and then he says he needs to go by his apartment in Beverly Hills. And uh, we go in, and the, on his wall, he had all these photos <laughs> of him and famous people that were signed to him. And so we go from one side down all the way, and he's showing me, you know, uh, this is me with Gandhi and Martin Luther King and wow. whatever, whoever, Urkel. Whoa, what? whoa, whoa. And, uh, and then we get to the end of the wall, and it's the corner. This was the guy's move. <gasps> To show you the pictures. You start at one side and then boom, you're in the corner. No. And he makes this move on me. Oh. And my I'm nineteen God. years old. And and the so guy, you're, the guy, you're raging the guy hard on. steps in on me. And what's the and, move? And like and, uh, and, and and I just like I, I just like kinda I, I I recoiled and and the guy steps in on me and he he cupped my ass. Oh! With each hand. He's got an why ass you, Why are you afraid to say this man's name? I don't say it. Don't, don't. I won't don't, say don't, it. Don't, I won't. I promise don't, you I won't don't, say don't, it. Don't, but I will say what it rhymes with. No, 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 no,
I can't help but reflect on that moment all these years later and think how much further my career would have gone if I would have just fucked that guy. Yeah, you I don't think so. <laughs> you would lose all your street cred. I'm kidding. You would lose. You would have so, but anyway, but that was why. So, like, you know, when I go back to Florida, I'm 19. And like, people are like, hey, how was your trip to Hollywood? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and uh, Have you talked to him since? Or never, seen him? never seen the guy ever again. But, um, uh, but yeah, so that kind of uh, made me shy away from the comedy store for. Well, that makes sense. I didn't know that that guy was doing that, but it kind of makes sense. I think uh, a lot of those guys, <laughs> you know, I mean, when you hear enough stories about dudes like that that pull moves on masseuses and stuff, and oh know. my god, how about John Travolta, man? <laughs> yeah, that kind you of think shit. that's true? Well, you think he really had his ass? Because like three or four guys uh, came out and said that he'd stick his ass up in the air and go, you know, <laughs> touch it, uh, oh, oh, touch, I, just touch my can, my butthole. I uh, can only uh, speculate. You, you think maybe? <laughs> you think maybe he's just at a higher level of Scientology than we would ever understand? Yeah, it could be that. I mean, maybe well, we're maybe seeing, that's the top level. That is, you get to stick your ass up at people and beg them to touch it. What we're seeing as immoral activity is really the next phase of evolution. And once you really appreciate the, the pleasure of the prostate gland, you can move on to <laughs> the next level of clear. You can go super... The pleasure of the prostate Super gland. duper clear. Well, it's there. It's a secret. You know, that, that feeling is a secret. It's the best feeling of all time to have someone massage your prostate. And John Travolta's obviously figured it out. But these non... He non, is at the highest no, level. He's that, at the highest that level. That is the highest level. These people are all delusional. He should be able to pay, especially as an upper-level Superman character in the fucking game of Scientology. He should be able to pay to get his asshole rubbed. Right. It's, it's why, is he, why is he going to strangers? Because we got a lot of tattletale stitch ass bitches out there working in massage parlors needing to learn to keep their trap shut. Right. I mean, hey, what, what happened to uh, masseuse client uh, you know, yeah, yeah, confidentiality? Listen, every comedian, every comedian knows dudes who steal jokes. Every masseuse should know a celebrity that wants you to finger their asshole. <laughs> it's part of your job, man. You should know what's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be a UFC fighter, don't play footsies with Hootsamar Paul Harris. You know what I'm saying? I uh, watched an info commercial last night called the Milana Bra. Have you heard of this thing? The Milana Bra. I think the, the a bra. Yeah, I think this old, the old UFC uh, ring girl was in it. But uh, what it, it's weird because it was it was such a man bashing commercial. First, it starts off like saying like, "Is your bra doing this and that?" And they're showing like, all these really luscious hot girls, and then they show this bra, and it's just like the most ugliest, grossest thing. And it's like hide that cleavage. A bra was designed by men, you know. And like, and then they did like that fake game show thing where they had like a studio audience. Like, now did a man make this? No, this is the way women should look. Anyways, I just found it on YouTube just to show you a little example of how insane this is. Uh, if it's called the Milana Brawl by Genie. Spell it, Milana. Having another bad okay. bra day? Shoulder straps look, and underwire shit. digging in. Uh, hooks poking you in the back, and uh, bras that just don't uh, fit look and at this just hot don't last. Uh, really? Yeah. Commercial's awesome. You're kidding. <laughs> Introducing the Milana Bra by Genie, designed look. by a woman for women. This amazing bra gives you super support, amazing lift, and incredible comfort, all in a beautiful, hand-sewn, lace cami style. Say goodbye to painful straps that are digging into your but shoulders. If you, see, if you see the full commercial, on, it's on late night TV, it will make you so pissed off at, like, the sh at, at, at like what they say. And like, you could just tell it's like... Like why would why do you want to show your cleavage? You, you know, don't don't give in to the man and stuff like that. No, what I think they're saying is that other shit is uncomfortable. 
uncomfortable underarm bulge disappears into You've somehow or another turned into a man versus woman thing. Embarrassing cleavage? Gone. Sexy, classy cleavage, bitch? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's always there. This is very, very smooth. So I'm happy about that. It's the one bra that I Oh, shut these ladies up. I don't want to hear about that bra. It will drive you crazy. But anyways, I think the... first part is awesome, think Is this the old UFC girl right... Let me see if I can find it. Uh... Never mind. I'll find it. Don't, uh, Her right oh, there. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, she it, does a lot of those. She's yeah, that's Shandella. Yeah. She does a lot of modeling. Unfortunately, yeah. she did some some nude type stuff at one point in time. Isn't that what we all expect from a ring girl? Yeah, you're allowed to do certain levels of nude type stuff. I don't know. It's just, uh, to oh, me, it's, it's but no whole close up. No to animals. To me, it's ridiculous. Uh, it, I just think it's so crazy. People are so so weirdo. When it comes to that shit, especially now with technology and teenagers with cell, I'm so glad like cell phones weren't around, like camera phones when oh, I was yeah. a teenager. It'd be hours of <laughs> dick online, <laughs> exactly. hour long films. <laughs> we like really dick. got lucky yeah. that we missed that. I know, man. but I mean, Kids like, there's today, so many like, girls, uh, you know, taking pictures of their snatches. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, there, there's horrible hacks have happened in like. Facebook I think that'll be the new fingerprinting system in the future. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people have those accounts where you can upload pictures from your cell phone. Mm. Well, people have hacked into those and got a lot of girls like secret mm. photos of like loads on their faces. God and bless right. America. Well, you know, like that that that, that uh, Rupert Murdoch's son scandal in England. I mean, I wonder like if, if what is that scandal? Where like they hacked into people's email accounts and that they were also uh, they were eavesdropping on celebrities' phone calls and they could retrieve. Um, um, uh, their voicemails and things. That's incredible. So I mean, like, I, I, you know, Rupert Murdoch got in trouble for that. That was yeah. the. That's so why they I shut knew the that sun they had, down. They had also. Well, there was a girl who had, I think, been abducted and killed, and then he got her voice messages. But also, like Hugh well, Grant and all these people, they were like, you know, listening to. Well, their what happened is phone someone they checked the message and it gave the family hope that she was still alive. That was they, it. They knew that the phone that someone had checked since yeah. then, like, oh, she's alive, she's alive. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Meanwhile, she wasn't. It's, uh, that's that's some creepy shit, man. They that's ghoulish, you know. And so, how come he's not in jail? Oh, he's really super, well, he's really super, super rich, super 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 rich. Yeah, if that was Tom Rhodes, Tom Rhodes, he'd be in jail right now. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And we just yeah. sort of accept it, like, well, he is super rich. I mean, we still live in like a king era. I mean, it's still right, it's still really like that. If you're like, did you see when he was in court? Some guy, uh, I was in Europe, so I saw it. That some guy came in with the. The pie and smashed a pie in his face, but his yeah. his uh, his Asian wife jumped up and decked the guy. It was like, do you think it's even <laughs> possible to like take Bill Gates to court? You know what I mean? To like prosecute him with some sort of a crime? Could you could you ever go after him? He's he when you have that kind of money. I mean, isn't it possible to like stop everything in its tracks? Like, it, could Rupert Murdoch go to jail? Could it, could they ever? Could you ever see him being arrested? Never have, especially since he doesn't live in America, right? Doesn't he live in Australia? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's Australian, but um, but does he knows, live in America? Knows where he lives. Probably lives wherever. Probably lives on top walks. of Mount Everest. The probably lives everywhere, son. He's probably got a house in every right. state. Yeah, just drives into that shit, son. You got Rupert Murdoch top money. That guy's not going to jail. No, he's probably got uh, you know a farm of. Um, poor people that he's going to start you taking their organs as he gets older yeah it's probably clones it's probably headless versions of him you know they're going to chop his old head off and stick it on some super young body <laughs> right it's going to be awesome it's going to be like 70 from the neck up and 20 20 and young 
people guessed the comic. Hard as a rock. People guessed the comic. No, they didn't. No, they didn't, Brian. Oh, right? No. They didn't, did they? No. 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 They didn't. <laughs> That's right. They didn't. Said so they, they didn't, right? They didn't do it on and MySpace. A, a lot of them got it wrong, right? On MySpace, yeah. They got it wrong yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Brian, mm-hmm. you don't want to get sued by that guy. <laughs> totally. Plus, he'll corner you. He's got moves. He's got traps <laughs> set up all around the city for having conversations with you. Can we just walk over here and have a boom next thing you know? But, uh, uh, um... The uh, the trap <laughs> the trap was masterful. It's really amazing. Right, Here's right, me right, with right. a famous person. I heard that, I heard that, I, I heard that David Lee Roth at his uh, his mansion in Pasadena. He had his gold records from the front door up the staircase to the bedroom. So when he would bring women over, oh, I mean, this so might true. just be you know um, urban mythology. But Why would it be he would mythology? come in and go, oh, let me show you my gold records, and then boom, we're in the bedroom. So, Never I mean, thought about that. That's, that's just masterful. I mean, that might be bullshit. But Why it's would it be genius. bullshit? He's goddamn David Lee Roth. Why would it be bullshit? I do the ET Let's talk about move. I just put chocolates e- on the ground. Excesses. Gabe David Lee Roth, man. Guy was a hero. There was a, uh, there was a story. Uh, Paul Williams, I guess. and Remember Paul Williams' little the guy? The composer? Yeah, singer. Yeah. I think it was Paul Williams and like some friends of Johnny Carson's, this little men's drinking group in the 70s where they... They and this might be urban mythology as well, but uh, it's a great story I heard years ago that they they would try and top each other, like uh, doing a special lunch for each other, and like just the most extravagant, you know, rich guy shit they could think of, <laughs> and that uh, they, they stopped playing the game. I forget who it was, but like somebody, you know, that sends limos to get all six of the guys or whatever, and they go to the, you know. Burbank Airport or wherever, and like there's like six helicopters waiting, and they fly out, and there's like a a, a prostitute in each helicopter who handed them a bag lunch with a sandwich, and then the helicopter hovered over each guy's house, and their wives are probably home, and they got to eat their sandwich and get a blowjob as the oh. helicopter hovered over their house. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then, like, whoever was in charge said, okay, that'll never be topped. That is some James Bond-type <laughs> yeah. awesomeness. That's badass. That's why it's worth it to become a fucking billionaire. <laughs> yeah, Rupert Murdoch probably has, like, buttons that he presses and chicks come out of the floor. <laughs> and just, just naked chicks, and they just suck his cock. He probably has it set up, like, little spring traps everywhere in the house. And he forgets about them once in a while, and he hits, oh, we've got another dead one. And if I want a blowjob, I will press this button. She appears in the bathroom. Yeah, so right when he's about to, honey, I'll be right back. He's going to take a shit. She pops out of the floor in a, in a capsule. Whoosh. Like those things they had in Star Trek. She just, whoosh. the floor rises in like a half a second. She's already on her knees and naked. He just shoves his cock in her mouth. Whoosh. Boom. I was, thinking, I was thinking last night there were so many hot Asian girls that we should have like a discount if you're a hot Asian girl, you get $5 off your ticket or something. Shut up, Brian. If, <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if he wanted to do that, if Rupert Murdoch wanted to do that, he could have it set up where it's where he takes a shit because no woman ever want to walk in on an old man while he's taking a shit. <laughs> when old men start shitting, all you have to do is say, all right, I'm going to take a shit. And he could just, ha- no one would ever know if he had some offset tile, if he had some really interesting tile and just had, you know, a good, you know, weird geometrical design that this this capsule was made out of and then you know he'd have them waiting you'd have them waiting you know maybe he had like a little iPhone app maybe he has a little iPhone iPhone app app. (laughs) and it's like 6pm in the shitter and he just shows up shuts that door are you checking your Twitter again (laughs) 
Yeah, like it recognizing when he's in the room, and maybe he has a chip implanted in his arm, so that every room he goes into, the right lighting and mood light comes on, walks in that bathroom, they know it's him, hook her out of the floor. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if he could really pull that off and no one knew? And then, like, you get there, like, later on he dies, and they find out he was, like, a Nazi or some crazy shit, so they have to go through his house. I don't know, his the, wife is, like, 40 years younger than him. So nice! Think, uh, and when the media goes through his house, they find these capsules, and they, were, they, they led to these underground tunnels that led to a, an airplane runway <laughs> where they would bring girls right from Thailand, <laughs> and they would just go into the capsules. <laughs> they didn't even know where they were. They were blindfolded the whole flight. <laughs> They were just brought in as Rupert Murdoch's bathroom suckers. Have you actually really ever had your dick sucked while on the toilet? No. That's pretty gross. That's pretty gross. That's so rude, too. Make someone smell your shit and suck mm. your dick, you greedy bitch. I bet Dana would it's love it. one or the other. Mm. Mm, but yeah, maybe Dana would, but yeah. How funny was that last night? We had a, a podcast, The Ice House Chronicles, of Dana Diarmond, and Dom Herrera knew everything about her. It was weird. Oh, Dom's the best. <laughs> Dom's the best. Over oh, a, oh, a porno woman. Yeah. Dom's the best. He's a confirmed pervert from the get-go. Yeah. He's like when he tells stories about which crazy chick he was living with. It was that one crazy stripper. Remember that one, Joe? It was like as opposed to what? what which one wasn't a crazy stripper? <laughs> Dom Herrera, is, uh, he's like... He's a real deal, you know. I love knowing that there's a guy like that out there. Right. There's a guy like Dom Herrera still writing new material. Still, still slugging still it, baby. killing it. Yeah. We had him at the Ice House. Joey last Diaz, night, Dom Herrera. It. That was yeah, just Brody Dom. Stevens. Yeah. Wow. Dude, Dom Herrera is a motherfucking show. killer. Crushed it. I, I, I watched him crush it on a Friday night, on a Wednesday night. I mean, he always nails it. And it's like, it's so inspiring to see that he's always writing, you know. I love that. I love when I see he's always got a fucking notebook with him. He's always going over some shit before he goes on. Some dudes just somewhere along the line, they just kind of like give up on that. You know? Right. Not him. Tom, Tom Herrera's out there slinging it. I love that when you see older guys still care and still put the work in. It's I'm friends comic. with... Uh, it's a real comic. Great friends with Bridge Hall. and he's, he's in London. And you see him and you're like, God, it's... Yeah, he's fantastic. He was one of the guys I paid to see before I ever did comedy. I saw him at uh, Stitches Comedy Club in Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. Like right before I did my first open mic night. It was cool. He was him and this guy Teddy Bergeron <coughs> performed. Teddy Bergeron was this uh, local headliner who was uh, a brilliant, brilliant comedian who really never got his... It never really it never got his notoriety because he had a problem with drugs and alcohol and all kinds of shit. But he's like a legend back in Boston. I mean, just an amazing, amazing comedian. And I saw Rich Hall. Didn't he? What was his... his he had a lot, I remember he played in Orlando when I was a, like an open micer. And uh, he had a lot of props. He came yeah. out, he had like a tricycle, and there was a car door welded to it. Yeah. And he, like, he'd roll down the window, and he leaned out the... <laughs> it was like really cute stuff. Yeah, he had a lot of weird And he did Sniglets, you That's know. That's was. But, um, but yeah, no, he's like... What was the Sniglets, though? Explain. Those were words uh, for things that there are no words, like yeah, belly like, button lint and all these different... Like that crust around the milk carton that f- falls off into your cereal every time you unscrew it. Right, oh, and the right, toothpaste right, right. that sticks to the sink. And, um, but he's actually, you know, very political, social-minded comedian now. He's a, Is he really? Yeah, and you see him, and it's... I mean, he's... You know, like, that was the thing about Miles Davis. He um, he had, like, seven or eight different styles in the course of his career. And that's kind of like Rich Hall has, you know, got to be on his ninth style of... 
That's comedy. cool. So he's doing it in London now? Plays theaters all over England, yeah. And and d- didn't he have a farm festival. in like British he's, Columbia or no, something No, no, like no, no. He's got a ranch in Montana. Montana. Yeah, I that's went out, right. I went out and stayed with him a couple years ago for the month of August. A ranch in Montana. Because I know Harris Pete from the comedy store was a buddy of his. And Harris Pete used to do stuff with him out in the ranch. Yeah, he's got, he's got a that's really... That's a crazy thing to have a ranch in Montana. Right. That's legit, man. That is legit. That's big sky, son. and it's so beautiful out there. And he's got oh. a he's got a uh, a pitching machine set up in his in his endless backyard. Where, why and, did he decide and Montana? So we would sit. He loves it. Montana is beautiful. <clears throat> uh, and and so uh, we would sit in his backyard for just hours, smacking the shit out of baseballs. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like you know when you're a kid and you think, oh man, if I ever get a lot of money, I'm going to have a batting machine in my backyard. You know, right. But why, I mean, Montana is most certainly beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But why did he pick that as opposed to like Wyoming, Colorado? Like, what what about Montana appealed to him? Uh, it's stunning there. I, the, the you know the area is Livingston, and it's just it's it's breathtaking. You know what else is amazing? They're very. There's a lot of cool. I think uh, Jeff Bridges lives there. Peter Fonda lives there. There's a lot of. Do you think you can hang out with them if you live there? I think yeah. I mean, I uh, uh, Walter Kearns is writer. Who wrote up in the air? Um, you know, it's a small town. Everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're on his sitting on his uh, on his porch. People coming by, and you know, it's awesome. Hmm. Um, I actually hit a deer, and I had to stay a week longer than I had anticipated. And I was thought the kind of because you hit a deer. Yeah, my car was uh, the whole front end was smashed. Yeah, get it repaired. Yeah, it was undrivable. Wow. But and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, really sunny, beautiful day. I always thought that kind of thing happened at night, and I was only going like forty-five. Uh, I was just building up momentum. I had just turned on this road, and it was actually kind of beautiful to see this gorgeous creature up close like that as it bounced off my hood. Yeah, it was, it was like this really radiant uh, red-brown coat. Yeah, we're so removed from the variety of nature. That a deer is like some shit from Avatar, you know? <laughs> oh, it's alive. Look, it's alive. Like, we, we control all the animals in our perimeter. That's why we're able to, like, walk down streets. Like, bare fleshy asses. We don't have to worry about elks ramming us and shit. We sort of control the perimeters. We keep the animals out with all this hard surface and craziness. But so deers are supposed to be around people. It's like, that's what you're supposed to live. They, they're food. You're supposed to live around them. <laughs> They're delicious. You, know? you got to have a good bumper, though, man. You ever see those bumpers that they make for trucks? That well, that's why everybody like has trucks there. Yeah. And I, you well, know. Not just trucks. They have a spe- specific type of bumper. Right, right. Knock- see if you can pull it up, Brian, because it's, it's like some Road Warrior type shit. Right. They have a cleaver bumper. And they that- just knock them down. Yeah, well, if you hit it with this bumper, it deflects it to the left or to the right. You know, the idea is that you cool. can really get fucked up by a deer, especially an elk. You hit an elk. Those they're f- or a, a moose. moose. Moose are massive. Yes. I saw a, a, a huge pickup truck there that it hit a moose. Really? And it was it was mangled. The whole big uh, oh, engine so was crushed like a huge. aluminum can or something. They're so huge, man, and they're so stupid. Look at this bumper. There you the go. That's what I'm talking about. Is that what it's called? I don't know. No. The deer slaughterer. <laughs> Look at the big lights too on the front of it. That shit's also important. Did it's, you did you know semis? Their front tires of semis have like like spikes coming out of them. What? I'd never oh, noticed like the uh, on the uh, on the hubcap. On area. The, yeah, on the hubcap. I've never noticed this before. I just started noticing it yesterday. They have like these Mad Max spinning or James Bond. Like, yeah, not all of them. I think that's like a 
a special that's like getting rims on your car you know if you're oh. a trucker i think that's oh the, it's sexy but i noticed yeah. like i noticed it yesterday and i noticed every truck in la at least has it and i want is that just so if like anyone tries to come over on them that they just like destroy the car before the semi before I, the semi loses its yeah, tire that probably. is mad max it's probably yeah. pretty smart i'd probably like that yeah better than you know i'd rather your car get a little fucked up than the semi lose a tire and exactly. go careening into a crowd yeah I never noticed. How it. prophetic was Mad Max, the Road Warrior? It's they're uh, fighting uh, each other for gasoline uncomfortably and, uh, as it gets closer. The big guy, the I am the humongous, and then his gay lover with the mohawk gets the uh, <laughs> whatever you call it, the boomerang in the head. Remember that? It could go that way if you uh, if you look at parts of the world like Liberia, where it's like a really badly fucked up area of the world, especially during the Civil War, which was no, not that long ago. Liberia, where we sent the the freed slaves that wanted to go back to Africa. Exactly. I mean, horrific. Their, their capital is Monrovia. Oh, you know a lot about Liberia. I know a lot Did about Did you ever watch world. that Vice... Do- you are a fucking international man. You are, Tom <laughs> Rhodes. Did you ever watch that um, Vice Guy to Travel on Liberia? Mm-mm. They, they covered that guy, General Butt Naked, the guy who was a uh, born-again Christian who has killed thousands and thousands of people, murdered children, ate their heart and shit. Wow. Yeah, really intense Civil War type shit, and then became like a Christian, found Jesus, and apparently they like let it, him it, off the hook. Uh, uh, with a child's heart, do you drink red or white wine? I think it, you just take it raw, like a shot. Wow. No ice, nothing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so twisted that this guy gets to say, I, you know, I found Jesus, now I'm good. And they, they forgave him. And then all your sins are good. Yeah. I mean, he's like yeah. an incredible war criminal. And he used to fight naked. Just take off all his clothes. That's, That's why he's general butt naked. Yeah. Wow. That, was his, that was his deal. Just kill people naked. Personally responsible for the deaths of I never saw I actually watched this documentary last night. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's called The, the Century of Self. I have heard uh, of it. I like what, and, uh, you know, traveling all the time, and uh, I love watching like BBC documentaries and yeah. f- free online documentaries. And this thing's called Century of Self, and it's about this guy Edward Bernays, who was Sigmund Freud's nephew, and he, uh, after World War One, uh, he wanted to do uh, propaganda for uh, interested in controlling the masses, but he changed uh, propaganda to public relations, oh. and this guy did. Um, he got like women to smoke, like the women's suffrage, suffragette uh, movement, and women trying to vote. Uh, women didn't smoke cigarettes. It was really a taboo thing. And then he got these women to light up at this march, and they called them torches of freedom. And then now we're equal to men. We can smoke. <laughs> and just like uh, just all these things about manipulating the, the masses through, um, you know, public relations and yeah, well, they've been doing that since the get-go. As soon as people figured out how to talk, they figured out that they can lie. You know, <laughs> you don't have to tell the truth. And then they just got better and better at it, and it evolved like everything else. Like but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Evolved. It's like a four-part series. Like four, it's like an hour each thing. I think the BBC made it. But then, like, the last episode is how it's used in politics, how, you know, this, uh, the corporations learned this at the turn of the century, you know, how they could... Because people used to only buy things that they wanted, uh, or that they needed, and then now you know they're to, to to fulfill their selfish desires of you know this product will complete me. Well, what happens is people get caught up in this this materialism loop 
where that is the focus, where it's constantly attaining the newest objects become the focus. And everything else becomes secondary. It's like the focus is most on, I got to get this new Ferrari. There's a new Ferrari out, the Ferrari 258 Italia. It is the shit. I have this car. It completes me. I need this car. I must have this car. And then you get that car, and you know, you think, now you think, looking at Lamborghinis, like Lamborghinis are more badass. And then, you know, you're looking at the fucking Veyrons, and you're, you're getting crazy. You're, you're, you're focusing on <laughs> objects instead of an actual pursuit I think, of interest. I think you're hanging out with a higher class of people tonight. <laughs> I'm not even talking to, I'm talking about any human being that does that. I mean, right. like real extreme materialists. I mean, I obviously took it at a, you know, I took it from Ferrari to that. But it doesn't have to be that. It could be a fucking Mustang. It could be a new right. TV. It could be a new computer. It could be, we, we somehow or another can become obsessed with attaining some sort of a new object. The Galaxy S3 is out. Have you tried it? You know, it becomes like the focus of your fucking day. You're watching all these YouTube reviews on the Galaxy S3. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? I have a phone! Why am I being so crazy? Like, what am I doing here? Am I going to use all these features? Have you seen the Galaxy S3? Mm, who cares? Who cares? How dare you? It looks pretty sporty. It mm. looks like those droid things have finally caught up to iPhones, and they even passed them in a lot of ways. Nope. You don't think so? No. Like you, like if you paid attention, bitch. Dude, just just being after shows, getting you know, talking to all these people that have their different phones and asking them mm-hmm. every every single time I go. So do you like it? Do you like it a lot? And he goes, Yeah. I mean, I want an iPhone, but you know, <laughs> I just can't afford it. And I'm like, I get that. You know, that's cool. You can't afford it. It is more expensive, but. What what really sucks is just like using these people's cameras, like because everyone wants to take a photo and stuff, so you get to see their photo afterwards. So mm-hmm. I'll, you, we pretty much are the best beta testers, or just uh, to play with for shows cell for it's cell true. phones. And every time I'm like re- pretty interested, like let me see what the photo looks like, you know, let's do this, and it's ne- it's always shit, shit, especially like those uh, those Sprint ones. Those HTCs, yeah. those things are fucking terrible. It's all blurred out and shit. But I'll tell you, um, I did see someone uh, take a picture with one of those Galaxy threes, and it was badass. Really? I mean, I, I would, really if somebody good. gave me one, I would use it for a month. And you know, is this a commercial? No, that Note. That um, have you seen the um, the the Note? It's called a what is it? A Samsung Note? Yeah, it's just like a, it's a smaller iPad. It's like a fucking iPad. It's ridiculous. It's, huge. When it's have awesome. Those. It looks awesome. Fits in your pocket. It's the shit. I'm like, I gotta get one. I must have it. I'll tell you what's See? weird now, like traveling, I just spent two months playing all over Europe, and uh, I, I had a week off, I went to Rome, and you see people with their iPads, and taking them around and taking photos. Yeah, videos. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird to be at like the Coliseum and see somebody well, the new iPad, this big ass iPad. Yeah, the new iPad's camera in it is really, really good. Is it really? So, yeah. Is a, how many megabits? It's HD video camera. Well, then that exactly. So it's it's so, so strange. Yeah, it's, so it's that that's incredible. But they're they're you know such a skinny little thing and it's got an awesome. But like you know it, it's it's ninety six degrees in Rome. It's hot and especially the Coliseum and the ancient ruins and you got mm-hmm. this. You know, uh, electronics don't like moisture. Yeah. Right, but if you did have one of those things and you were walking around with it like that, they they, they know what the fuck they're doing when they make these. They're, they're not going to fuck up with moisture, but you're going to get some amazing pictures. You're going to be able to see it on a big screen, a big iPad screen. I could see that. Because a lot of times you take a picture of something as spectacular as the Coliseum, you don't exactly know what you got. If you take it with an iPad, you know exactly what you got. That's kind of badass to think of just that alone. If they eventually get it to a point where you don't need a real camera, like they can get the, the technology down. I don't know if it's really possible. We don't need an extending lens or anything nutty like that. That would be the perfect thing to take pictures with, an iPad. You can see what the fuck your picture looks like. I think that, that we're going to see with the next iPhone is another a smaller Note 
you think so type ipad there's already been a lot of rumors that they're going to have like a seven inch ipad which it would be kind of like around the note size or is this seven inches i don't know i don't have no idea but i just compare everything to my dick my dick's bigger than that. <laughs> it's about half the size of an so iPad. You know my dick is bigger than this right here. It's so really incredible that you know the, just to have the you know access to all of human knowledge in your hand. Like we were talking before we started. Yeah. Like it's the great thing about smartphones is you're yeah. talking to somebody now and you're like, oh, what's the fastest bird? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the or somebody's at a bar talking shit, you know, and you can Cannonball one, Cannonball three, one best actor yeah you're like yeah fuck you let's go to the answer machine and you look it up we love doing that on the podcast it's the coolest thing when you were like who the fuck was that right like i was saying let's about the, but like i was saying about the, the torture songs yeah we're just, exactly i mean remember years ago like if you needed to like make a phone call and you're driving on the highway you had to like get off on the exit find a payphone with aids on it <laughs> and uh you know call somebody. remember back when you really were worried that you could possibly catch aids from a phone you know like when <laughs> aids first came out you're like what if it's on this what if aids is on things like what if it's like the flu right yeah and remember like and then like recently it's come out uh the, the, the uh, in the in the news that uh, you know we're, we're kind of close not to eradicating it fully but like to really minimizing it um where it's not a threat to the to the whole human population like when right. when we were teenagers jesus that came out and you, Do you know, remember when kinnison came out with that joke about it about he goes he goes oh yeah they say sam AIDS is a communicable disease. <laughs> Heterosexual people die of it too. He goes, name one. <laughs> name one fucking guy. It's not our dance. I'm like, whoa. Holy shit. Sam was the best. He was my favorite ever. Sam was great, man. He was the best. Uh, He's the most, to me, The I mean, Richard Pryor is probably really the best, but Sam was one of my favorites. I mean, right up there with Pryor to me. Just like, just not. I mean, if you ever like say who's the better comic, fellas, do you Pryor. love me? Prior was the best. You ever see me in the front yard doing working on the yard? Just <laughs> dr- shoot me, dry, run me over, just kill me. I'm in hell. You, you got to say Prior was better because Sam would have never been Sam if Prior hadn't come first. You know, they you had to have a guy like that. Like Prior had to have a guy like Lenny Bruce. You know, and Sam had to have a guy like Pryor. Yeah, you have to have somebody that shows you the way. Like, every one of us is sort of piggybacking on everybody else's. You know, we're all sort of Hicks disciples in some sort of a way. Right, but I mean, I remember doing comedy in Florida the first few years, and, you know, um, there was just a lot of bland, generic, you know, white guys. And and then Florida, there was a lot of New York uh, acts that would come down in the winter, and they were all like, you know, uh, did a lot of talking to the crowd and, you know, and you know when you're on the subway? No, we're in Florida. We don't have a subway. Well, that's um, city guys. But I remember. Yeah. But, but I remember there was just like this kind of um, kind of '80s hackiness. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was the comedian Ron Bennington. He's on Sirius yeah, now. I love Ron Bennington. And he was like the first beast of a comedian I saw. He was so brilliant, man. Like the first guy I ever saw talking about like things that mattered. And I saw him, and that, like, opened my eyes. Like, wow, you can actually talk about shit that matters. And then um, maybe a year later or something, Kinnison exploded. And, like, those were the first two yeah. guys I saw where I was like, wow, this is – you can approach this. Totally you don't different. have to, uh, you know, pander to the, to the masses. Yeah. You can talk about real shit that matters. I heard about Kinnison from a girl I was working with. It was a chick I worked with at a Boston Athletic Club. She saw Kinnison on HBO. She said it was so funny. She came to work the next day and was was reenacting his bit about the homosexual necrophiliacs who were having <laughs> sex with the gay with the dead corpses. 
Oh, it was really funny. She was doing it in the parking lot. It was so funny watching her do it that I had to check out Kinnison. And that was, I was 19, and that was the first seed that was planted in my head. I remember thinking, like, whoa, like, this is comedy too? I never thought right. that this could be – like, this guy was – for folks who don't understand, before Kinnison came along, there was nothing even remotely like that. A guy who just would scream – just like, I live in hell! Yeah. I was married for three fucking years! <laughs> I hope you slide like club men! I hope you slide her into her gas truck and taste your own blood. <laughs> die, die, die! Die! I want die. my records back! I want my records back! His pain was so awesome. It was like, here was this guy who was just so completely different than anybody he'd ever seen before. A former preacher. He's fat and short. His yeah. hair's all fucked up. He wears a hat. He wears a beret. And totally wears, confident. C- covers his body in a trench coat walks on stage with sneakers on and just just dominates you just dominates the room from the moment he gets on say you can't wait to hear what this guy's gonna say next oh my god and then like you know in florida and the southern united states are, are so like you know um heavy christian jesus freaks and that stuff he would you know be doing oh, yeah. about jesus jokes about you know well he had the most clout of anybody he was an actual he former was a pastor preacher, yeah so for they couldn't fuck with him when it came to like biblical verses and shit. He could get away with shit that a guy like you or I might not, you know, might not be able to pull things out of it. He pulled Leviticus out of his ass. <laughs> he fucking taught it, which is amazing. It's just uh, what a what a crazy life. You know, they say he was normal until he got hit by a car. Oh really? So he was a really shy kid. Got hit by a car, became a completely different person. Wow. His bo- his brother wrote a book about it called uh, My Brother Sam. Not a book about his whole life. But about the, he, I think it was a truck that hit him when he was a little boy. And it just, whatever, popped something loose. <laughs> and away we go. Whoa. We got Sam Kinison, and the world of comedy has changed by maybe a kid getting hit by a truck. You know, that might have been what it was. They say a lot of times when people get head trauma, they get really reckless. They get crazy. Yeah, well, there's that famous uh, psychological thing. It was, I think it was in Connecticut or New Hampshire or something, like in the... Like a hundred years ago, some guy was a really nice guy in the village, and he he was at work, and this big metal pole went through his brain, <laughs> and uh, he lived, and something happened to him where he like his whole personality changed, where he became like just like a, a huge alcoholic asshole, really mean guy, where just this, this uh, brain trauma just completely changed his personality. Well, there was a story in one of those London tabloids, I and then some people get hit, and then they speak fluent French. I don't know if the story was true, but there was a guy who uh, was a rugby player, and something happened to him. He got knocked unconscious. I don't believe and that. You don't believe it? And no, because like, we talked about this before, and we looked at photos, and he looked gay before also. <laughs> <laughs> so you think he was like on the fence? Yeah. I he was, think he's, oh, and then he <laughs> Well, that's what they, they says, that it made him gay. And he woke up, and you know he had no desire to be with women anymore. Remember, you know, the government was working on that, like, gay bomb? Yes. Wouldn't that have been great if that would have worked? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been great? Like, all our enemies, we just dropped this gay bomb on them. Yeah, we were going to Everybody drop starts making out. Be we're going to turn it's Iraq. It's too bad they couldn't have perfected that. Turn Iraq into a big, just... <laughs> gay bar. <laughs> just a big gay hoedown. They changed their, their national anthem to It's Raining Men. What a ridiculous idea <laughs> that they thought they were going to develop a bomb, a bomb. that That's you could hilarious. drop and it would turn people... Uh, the, turn the soldiers on themselves. And the idea would be that it would kill morale because they would just be butt-fucking each other in the trenches and they would just give up when we came with guns. Right. <laughs> they probably did create it and they probably let it loose. But it's such a homophobic idea because you're saying that a man is, is incapable of fighting. No. Uh, no if he's no, become... Okay. If he become, becomes a homosexual, 
Like that's the idea. Well, it demoralized them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it made like men instantly desirable was the thing. Well, yeah, but the, the also the idea was that they would be demoralized. They would start having sex with their their you know coworkers. That was the idea. Like that was the, so it was well, made I, by I, people. I think, who are I think straight. it's already pretty prevalent in the Middle East anyway. I think they say men, uh, boys are for fun, women are for procreation. Yeah, I've heard that before. Is that really true? Yeah, I think there's a. So that's a big deal. Well, I, I know people yeah. in Afghanistan. I've I've talked to. Dudes I've talked to my brother was over there, and yeah. that's yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's very common. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's a mess. Yeah, there's a lot of the a lot of the world really fucking. Sucks. There's a lot of yeah, and then, you know you you talk to people and they're complaining here. Yeah. It's like oh please, paradise. Pasadena. Yeah, you're bitch. Not- do you know how nice it is out here? Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So there's parts of the world where the apocalypse exists. It's going on right now. No. I did a gig in Estonia, country dropper, uh, about a month and a half ago. And it's really cool up there. It's uh, right underneath Finland, and um, it's the second least religious country in the world after China. Really? And uh, it, lo- it looks like Hitler's wet dream up there. Everybody's just tall and blonde and really good looking. Uh, Skype was developed in Estonia, apparently. Hmm. And a really interesting... Um, Cool people and, and very intelligent people. It was awesome to um, perform there. What was the point of the story? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Estonia was awesome. Oh, that was no, it. no. Oh, uh, that was, that's, it. that's the second least uh, religious country in the world. And there was like uh, I, in the in the main square in uh, in in uh, Estonia, um, there was this church choir of young teenagers, and they're. They were singing like you know happy praise Jesus songs, and somebody gave a gave me a pamphlet, and they were going to the church, and I'm filming stuff constantly in my in my travels because I like you know I'm obsessed with making these little YouTube travel videos and stuff. And what's so, your channel? Uh, King of Haha, or King just search of Haha, just Tom Rhodes. Search Tom Rhodes; it'll pop R-H-O-D. up. R H O D. And uh, these kids were from Pasadena. They're like I couldn't believe it. They were. From Pasadena, you know, Baptist church or whatever. And they were in Estonia? Estonia, converting souls, singing. Whoa, also they were missionaries. Singing happy Jesus songs in the main square. We had a kid on the uh, Fear Factor once that was a missionary. And uh, he would go over to uh, South America and try to convert people. Yeah. Like they would would go over there. He was um, uh, a Mormon, a Mormon uh, missionary. Kind of crazy, you know. That's they tough. Show up in really poor places, and you know. The, the Listen, thing about, I know you live in a really hot jungle, but uh, mm-hmm. would you consider wearing these underwear? I want to tell you about a man named Joseph Smith. <laughs> He's fourteen years old, and he found golden tablets that were the lost work of Jesus, and only he could read them because he had a magic rock. Anyway, uh, wasn't the, wasn't there a talking lizard? <laughs> no, it was a seer stone. He looked through a seer stone, a stone, a magic stone. Maybe there was I a thought there was a lizard talking too. lizard, that, like a white salamander or something. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that too. But and didn't they were the uh, lost didn't, didn't the Mormons uh, believe that black people did not go to heaven until they got an NBA team? <laughs> and then, like, I think like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, is that true? Apparently, I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, until like the until like you know like the mid seventies they. Mormons are really nice people. That's one of the things that the, re- the religion does do is it, it supports a sense of community. Uh, it supports banding together. That's and true. The, each other. the Mormons I know are, are, are extremely uh, good quality people. I have some friends that are Mormons, and you have never met, and, and they're, they're wealthy. You have never met more charitable people. They've had 
they've literally had homeless people stay on their property. Like, and then they're wealthy people. They they bring in people off the street. And they're they're constantly trying to provide anyone who's connected with the church with a, a, a means to a better life. They give people jobs. They help people out. They drive people to the airport. I mean, they're like they're super charitable, nice people. Right. And I think that uh, genealogy um, library of Congress they have in Salt Lake City is like the most comprehensive. Um, tracking of ancestry on the planet? It's too bad you can't have that, have this idea of being a Mormon without all the loony-toony shit. It's like, can't we just have like a sense of community and being cool to each other and nice to each other and all be based on love and not have all this wacky Joseph Smith from 1820 shit where it's like, what, golden tablets? No, the, this is not the... The American Indians are not a lost tribe of Israel. No, <laughs> they're not. That's crazy. Like, they already checked... They've done like like a guy who was a Mormon spent a fuckload of money to get the 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 you know the DNA mapped of the American Indian. It's all they're Asians. They come from side. It's all coming down from the Bering Strait. It's amazing Street. that they can test DNA and tell where all of your ancestry comes from and what parts of the world. It's amazing. Did you see that shit they found in Antarctica? Did you see this shit, Brian? No. They found a fucking rainforest Santa, under the ice in, Santa's in Antarctica. Work, wow, Santa's really? workshop. Yeah, dude, Antarctica used to be a goddamn rainforest. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. yeah. I wonder it's, if they're going to find any like animals there that are frozen. Well, I mean, something. you're talking about miles of ice. I mean, I think they're just they're just starting to dig into certain spots on it. I'm, I'm going to try to find it here because it's it's a really amazing story. But they're saying that it used to be like 75 fucking degrees there. It was like uh, Pacific wow. Northwest. It was, it was like fucking, you know, it was like living in, uh, in, in Oregon or Seattle or something like that. And that this was what Antarctica was like a certain amount of time ago. It's amazing when you really stop to think about that, that people were probably living there at some point in time. You know, like primitive people, no doubt. But, and then they had to get the fuck out of there. The whole thing changed way before anybody invented cars, way before any of that shit. Yeah, it says uh, we're once covered by lush vegetarian with palm... Like trees waved in the breeze. Yeah, what? That's fucking nuts, man. Oh I mean, it's, it's, wrap your fucking head around that, man. I need to visit the little podcaster's room. Get in there, fella. <laughs> Go down there and to the left. Last door on the left. That's cool. Yeah, it's amazing, man. But I think they, they suspected this. A lot of um, scientists suspect this. We actually talked about this on the Ice House Chronicles. The, uh, the maps. They have these uh, really old maps from like the 1500s. I forget the name of the map, but uh, there's a map of Antarctica that they... It's completely unexplained. Hold on a second. Ancient map of Antarctica. By the way, uh, Brody Stevens' new TV show on HBO Go comes out August 6th. And if everyone just downloads it and watches it, yeah, Brody... Give Brody But I think love. we're in it. I think... Uh, oh, really? Oh, that's right. From Brody Dara Podcast? Yeah, so they came here and they used also used a lot of footage uh, from when I used to Ustream with him at, right before his meltdown. So I think they're, they used a lot of that stuff. Oh, the crazy stuff? Yeah. Beautiful. It's called hey, Brody pull, Stevens. Enjoy it. Pull up um, an ancient map of Antarctica. Pull that shit up. Pull up. There's a Google uh, image search. It's amazing. Antarctica. Um, see, there's a lot of shit about the past that we probably don't know. I mean, how much do we really know about anything more than 10,000 years old? Not a lot. There's a lot of fucking sketchy information out there when it comes to the, the, the history of humanity. But this uh, map, I believe it's from the 1500s. And... Um, Google, do a Google image search. Yeah, that's uh, 
Yeah, I believe it's from the 1500s. It's straight out of Indiana Jones. It's, it's a complete mystery because we didn't discover Antarctica until I believe it was the 1800s because it was just completely frozen and covered in ice. But these motherfuckers from the 1500s had a correct map of the outline of Antarctica. They knew where it was. They knew what it looked like. Hmm. Fucking nuts, man. We don't know how. I think there's a lot of this shit. They're, 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 they're too arrogant with their placing of, of the time that history was invented and the time that civilization was invented. I think they got a little stuck on their timeline, and now shit is shifting, like, really, really erratically, like, far back. Like, uh, a recent um, uh, discovery in Africa, I think they pushed the, the start of civilization back another 20,000 years. It's pretty nuts, man. It's time to think about how fucking long ago that was. It was nothing. Blink of an eye. That to this. Mm-hmm. That to Tom Rhodes on the internet right now <laughs> and performing at the Ice House Comedy Club here in lovely downtown Pasadena. IceHouseComedy.com for tickets. TomRhodes.net. Powerful Tom Rhodes. <laughs> Where are you based out of now? These shoes. I don't live anywhere. I've had You're everything in storage for like six years and just travel constantly. Wow. That's weird. That's like nuts. Uh, yeah, you travel I'm, with your wife? Yeah, she travels with me. Oh, that's badass. Yeah, she's, so she's, like little... she's in Holland right now. Uh, when we, um, she's European, so to get the green card, you had to. She couldn't leave the country for a year, mm-hmm. and then um, I just did two months all over Europe, and she was with me, uh, and so she's visiting her mommy. Working on her stuff, and so you just go. You don't. You guys don't have a house anywhere. You don't. No, have and then when we're, uh, you know, like last year, I spent a month in Asia. There's great tours all over Asia right now, uh, and then we spent a month in Australia, four months in Europe, uh, and then we'll take a little trip. Like we had a couple of weeks off when we were in Asia. We went to Bali. Mm-hmm. And uh, just she a, doesn't give you a hard time. Like, can we just get an apartment? Can we? I want a place to put my shoes. No, that was always it. I was like, you know, you know, going through these, you know, relationships. That, didn't work out. I was always like, God, why can't I find a woman that likes to travel and sleep late and laugh a lot? <laughs> and uh, I found her. That's awesome, man. So, it's so she's that- great, and she's a photographer. So, you know, she uh, she's just looking for art everywhere and. That's cool. She's awesome. She's fun. It really is all about finding human beings that you're compatible with. That you, you know, you you you're better because of them. They're better because of you. You pump each other up. So many people get in that negative fucking relationship loop, and it's so common with comedians. It's almost like a cliche. Right, right, so right. So it's right. cool to hear a guy like you who's living this crazy life of travel, but yet you're very happy. You know, it's 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 nice to hear that when you find someone that's uh, yeah. That's she's compatible. an amazing. She's an amazing human being, and she loves comedy. She loves hanging out with comedians. And, and so, yet she still hangs out with you. Hey, 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 hey I got to take it. I got to take it. <laughs> lady. Uh, which, is, you know, it, 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 it's awesome. So it's never like, oh, can we leave now? Yeah. It's always she Ugh. like, she loves hanging out with comedians. She, she, she loves the, you know, the, the jokes and the creativity. And she's a great laugher. It's amazing when you look back at your life and all the people that you could have wound up with, isn't it? You're like, oh. I'm so glad I waited. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad I waited. And they're probably glad that you waited, too, because you became a different person along the way. You know, you evolved along the way. I mean, if you met the, this chick now when you were 20, you might have fucked it up. Right, you know, right, that's right. I always look about. But if you look back at, like, some of the relationship that you were in and some of the shit that you tolerated, you're like, oh, what? You just, you would roll the dice. 
You meet someone, they're pretty cute, you have a right. conversation, you get a phone number, you make a date, you try to be cool with each other. You don't even know how crazy they are until, you know, you're three months in and you've been fucking without a condom for two months, <laughs> you know? You don't even really know how crazy she is. Right. It's always the, or you it, are. It's always the, the crazy girls that are the, you know, the, the, the um, you know, cyclones in the sack, man. Yeah. I remember I was with this, this girl and, and she was nothing but a headache mm-hmm. and just wanted to argue about such minuscule shit all the time. But she was a butthole licker. Oh, Jesus. And you will stay in a bad relationship two years longer than you should (laughs) for a girl who, like, tongues your anus. Was she, like, picky about when to do it, or was she, like, right after the ball? No, it was always... No, 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 no. Out of the shower. (laughs) No, no. It was always... It was a it was a timely surprise that she knew how to deal out. A timely surprise. Did you, you, like, shave your ass for her? Uh, no. If you knew she was, you let it go, Harry. Wow. How clean does it ever really I get? get when it's hairy? Well, that's not, that's, I, I mean, know. how much are you washing down there that you're allowing that girl to lick your ass like that? Why? Well, I, I was I was scrubbing pretty ruthlessly when I wouldn't be trusting my hairs down there. <laughs> that's like that's like saying here, wash your face with this washcloth that I've been shitting into <laughs> for the past thirty years. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> but I cleaned it really good. Those hairs. Who knows how long those hairs will cling to your asshole? That's terrible, man. That's a really you terrible took my story. romantic story <laughs> and turned it into uh, a little Dingleberry Festival. It is funny how you look back on, especially when I get really high. That's when it, it really jolts me. When I really start thinking about like girls that I dated like twenty years ago or whatever, mm. you really start thinking like how how insane like those like really young early relationships were. How ridiculous they were, you know. And what what a, a strange thing it is, especially back then when you would you would run into people. You would try to figure them out. Is this going to work? Can we can do that? Nope. Got to go. Rotten. And then get away from it. And then there was no fucking text messaging. There was no email. It was like, that was it. You take care. Gone. I know. And Skype is the greatest invention in the world now. It's I, like, you know, traveling. You remember how like expensive it used to be? Like, make a phone call in a hotel, from oh, a yeah, hotel room sure, to yeah. call your mom or your girlfriend? Right. Especially and if you're now, you know... God, it's you can talk for hours for free on Skype and look at each other. Well, it's weird, it's right? Incredible! What a weird world we live in. Dude. It's a wonderful world, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. When these Google glasses go live, have you seen these fucking things? People yeah, walking yeah, yeah, around yeah. with glasses that just, uh, information's in front of them, like the Terminator. Yeah, you know, I've had everything in storage for six years here in Los Angeles because that was the last place that I lived. <laughs> uh, and what do you have in storage? Well, that's what I was going to say is I can't wait to get everything out of storage to see what electronics I've been hanging on to. <laughs> do you know like the technological leap that we've made in the last six years? Like, I think I've got like a, 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 a Sony Walkman. Oh. I, think I've, I think I've got like an answering machine. Who, who fucking has an answering machine anymore? I, lo- I, I love going through my old answering machine tapes. I don't know if you do I've find saved, one. Yeah, I saved a so bunch great. of uh, – because I, I had one that – where you could do the the cassette thing, right. and uh, I would I would take it out and change it all. I think I've yeah. got like ten or twenty. D- go through. I just recently went through some old mine. It was all amazing. Listen, <sighs> a couple of the people were dead in it. You know, like yeah. my grandmother, like and wow. stuff. And I'm like, wow, this mm. is crazy. I didn't even know I had this. <sighs> yeah, I used to have a, a buddy of mine who died of a voicemail message from one I listened to over and over and over again. Mm. It's a weird thing that you could record someone's voice when they're dead long gone they can have an impact on you like music let's listen to the hendrix well yeah like my, my father died and i wish i would have i you know uh, i wish i'd have saved all of his voice messages and uh my sister 
died last year of breast cancer. And I did a podcast interview with her uh, like six months before she died. And I'm so glad that I recorded it um, because it's great to hear her laugh and the way that she... Uh, the way she expressed herself and, and her humor and her vibrancy. And um, it's like, I, I think we should do that with, do that with everybody you love. Yeah. You got the technology. And um, it, 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 I'm so glad that I have her voice recorded on this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to think that someone could just not be there anymore. You know, someone that you love so much and you maybe feel like you didn't get a chance to say that to them. Yeah. You got to say that to people all the time, man. People just appreciated people more. There's these things that people used to take called ordeal poisons, and uh, they, they would take them in, in indigenous areas that didn't really have access to psychedelics. And their ritual, their coming-of-age ritual, would involve these ordeal poisons, and you know their, their shamanic rituals would involve this stuff. And what it does is it's like some chemical that almost fucking kills you. Almost kills you. It just fucks you sideways for a couple of days. And then when it's over, you feel so grateful that you're healthy again. That right. you've like you've changed your life. It well, there's almost, nothing like almost dying to make you appreciate living. I almost drowned in Thailand once scuba diving. and Really? And yeah. And then for like... What dumb, uh, It was bad equipment. It was this... Uh, <laughs> it was this French uh, resort and this uh, tattooed criminal scumbag uh, diving instructor from Montpellier, Philippe. And there was a reason why he was hanging out in the PP Islands in Thailand. You could just smell the cocaine criminal past on this guy. Really? And he was the diving instructor. And then there was a, a, a French girl, Helene. She worked at uh, Bordeaux International Airport for uh, Air France at the ticket counter. And she was my diving partner. And, oh, my God, this is going to be perfect. I was single at the time. This is going to be love. Helene. And uh, Philippe also had a crush on this girl. So every day... Oh, so the, the so the, the the anyone who's ever been diving has to study a book for a week before they get in the water. I didn't. The morning of my first dive, I sat with a very hungover Philippe, and he went over the hand signals with me. Uh, this means I cannot breathe. This means I have a love of air. A love of air. Okay, I'm underwater. Oxygen is precious. No, this means you are low of air. Uh, let's get it right, Frenchie. And so anyway, every morning or every day, his underwater flirting was outrageous. He'd push me aside and be showing this girl around, and I'm in the background. And was this a girl you were with? No, 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 no. But she was my diving buddy. Oh, okay. It just but he worked didn't out. know that. No, he knew. He, knew he just that. fucking you know pushed me aside and uh, you know because you're, you're, your you're grouped up and yeah, and then so challenged like, you. He's saying shit to me throughout the week. Uh, he just keeps fucking with me. Oh, please. Uh, we had all like talked about what we did. It was a French, uh, an English couple, Mark and Mara, uh, and they were they had lived in Paris for five years, so they spoke fluent French. And so we all talked. And he was like a, a stock trader, and I told him that I was working for this Dutch travel TV show. And so he keeps calling me Mister Television, please, Mister Television, uh, you, your buoyancy, please. Like anybody who's been diving, you know, you just touch those buttons. They, professional divers never use their hands, and they're like. Perfect uh, parallel. And uh, everything. Mr. Television, he's just yelling at me. And, 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 and the morning that I almost died, he was really a dick to me. And, and I said, look, Philippe, I got to tell you, uh, you're making me feel uncomfortable. You know, I got to trust you down there. And he goes, Mr. American, have I hurt your feelings? Maybe the Al-Qaeda has asked me to leave your body in the ocean today. 
And then this English guy, Mark, gets all, he, you are out of order, son. It was this To big, him or to you? To the French guy. And it was this, you know, almost, you know, it was this really... And uncom- the other guy was a... a, a he, was, he was defending me. But, yeah. but he was a resident as well? I mean, he was a... He uh, was in the diving class. There's four right. people in the class. This English couple and me and this French chick, Helene. And so we're paired up in two. So you went in the water anyway, even after all that. Well, yeah. And then it was like this, uh, I'm getting water in my... Uh, my breathing. Do you think he fucked with you? I don't know. He might have, though, right? I mean, it just seems... I don't think so. They said there was something wrong with the tank, and in retrospect, it was Russian roulette, and I got the bad tank. And so uh, my spare tube is getting water. I'm hitting the button, and I'm still getting water, and your lungs don't want water. And I'm, it was like it wasn't that Ooh, deep. It was only like 40 feet. Whatever. But it was deep enough to be dangerous, and I knew you couldn't shoot up to the top. And he's way ahead of me, and I swam to this French fuck as quick as I could. And who'd have thought I ever would have got to use the I cannot breathe signal. And he just seemed to really take his time getting me that extra respirator. And by the time it hit my yeah. mouth, I had held my breath for so long, I was just, <clears throat> this death bark came out of me. It was oh the sound God. of someone dying, and it oh came out of God. me. And I really thought, this is the last moment of my life, seeing all these bubbles and this French guy's face. And he got me to the top, obviously. And then he asked to take, uh, when we got back, he invited me to go into the little village and have a beer. And... Uh, I told him, you know, I, I, I learned true buoyancy today because it's all about true buoyancy and diving, you know. Uh, I said, this morning when you said that shit about Al-Qaeda, I wanted you dead. I hated your guts. But then you saved my life, and now all's forgiven. <laughs> wow. I learned the true meaning of true buoyancy. That's oh, intense. so then, like, later. How did he respond to that? He was okay with it, you know. He was okay with it? Uh, you know. He, it wasn't, like, a, a, a powerful moment between you guys? I mean, he saved your fucking life. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he was glad that I didn't die because it would have cost him his job. That's it? And, uh, he, you know, it was okay. It was a nice moment. Do you think he was a hardened dude? You feel like this he was a hardened guy. He had, been in, he had been in prison in France. There was a reason. <clears throat> really? Yeah, he had, like, these homemade gel, jailhouse tattoos. And, uh, you know, he was just a, you know, tough guy. And that doesn't I sound got like back to the resort. Like he was a douchebag. I got back to the resort and... By the water, there was this little tiki hut bar, and Helene was there, and she spoke four words of English. I spoke four words of French, and I'm making small talk with her, and I go, um, so what's the first thing you're going to do when you get back to Bordeaux? She goes, make love to my boyfriend. He, 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 he. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even have a chance with this girl. I risked my life. Jesus Christ. What is the second thing you're going to do? There is no second thing. He, 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 he. Ew. I almost died for you, whore. Wow. <laughs> Were you trying to impress her? Is that why you went deep? Yeah. <laughs> you know when you're on vacation, your mind plays tricks on you. You're like, oh, yeah. So you were on vacation with this girl, but there was... No, 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 no. I was doing this Hong Kong, Thailand tour, and I was working for the Dutch Travel Show. And they told me if I got certified diving while I was in Thailand, the next assignment, they would send me to the Caribbean. Oh. To, for the, so uh, I had two weeks off, stayed on Koh Phi Phi, this wonderful little island, way out in the Bay of Bengal. You fly like an hour and a half from Bangkok to Phuket, and then you take a boat in the, for like four hours out into the Bay of Bengal before you get to the PP Islands. Wow. And it's where, like, uh, around that area is where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did the beach. Oh, great movie. 
I like that movie. Was it really? Yeah, I really like that movie. What was it about? Uh, a guy almost drowning in Thailand. <laughs> no, they, it was. They were they're in paradise. They don't want to leave. Yeah, they swam to this island. They found like these people that lived on this island, and it was like a secret. And then oh, they, it's, you know, it's just a it's a cool movie. I, li- I I tend to always like Leonardo movies, even though as gay as that sounds. But like Basketball Diaries, Inception, like all those movies. It's great actor match legit. in the gas tank. Yeah. Boom boom. <laughs> Gilbert, great. What a great movie. Yeah. Did you see the uh, J. Edgar Hoover? No, I never saw mm. that. Interesting. Not really that. I mean, it was, it's a really fascinating study on a guy who just had an incredible amount of power and kept it to the end, just clung on to it. And it's, like, it's interesting to see the struggle and his weird problems, you know, accepting the fact that he was gay and really weird fucking guy, man. The fact that that guy somehow or another rose to the, the position of, like, the secret keeper in the world of politics. Really fucking kind of creepy yeah you know the, the, the system was so shitty that this creepy cunt could fucking he could be the one pulling everybody's strings like what did you do how'd this guy get there they never they never offed him either he had secrets on everybody probably they never, they never offed him you know and it became it must be madness at the end I must have been like this guy must have had shit stored all over the place with on like secret everybody. instructions in case they killed him in case he was in a plane crash or some shit. <laughs> All these uh, manila envelopes get sent out. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the only way to stay alive. If you got some secrets about people like that and some high-order... Well, apparently that's how, like, that's how Putin rose to power because he was in the KGB for, for, for yeah. years. And apparently that's what I heard about Putin. Really? Was that he had <laughs> shit on everybody. <laughs> he makes our fucking politicians look like such pussies. <laughs> He's always bare-chested, fly-fishing with a fucking sword right. tucked into well, his I, I like at least you see Obama without a shirt on, you know, uh, body you? surfing in Hawaii and stuff. Really? There's been shots of, you know, it's cool. You you know, you look a guy looks like he could still kick a little ass. I think Putin would fuck. You Obama never see Romney up. with his shirt off. You don't think that Putin would fuck Obama and Romney Romney up at the same? Oh time? my God, totally. Yeah, He'd yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. He would hip toss the first guy. And after he hip tossed Mitt Romney, Obama would panic. He wouldn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, and you know, yeah, and he's a judo guy. Black belt. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, he learned some some, some deadly shit in the KGB. You know he's killed people with rocks. Yeah. You look at that guy's face. That guy's killed people with rocks. He's probably killed people with forks. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he, that's a motherfucker. That's one of the um, craziest things uh, about Russia is that that guy somehow or another stays in power. Still in power. They have this weird thing where he, like, he wasn't in office anymore, but then he was, like, he had another position. He became the prime minister yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but then like, like yeah. you know, it's kind of still running shit. Very strange. Russia is a different world, man. How about Romney fucking up, uh, pissing off all of England? What did he do? You didn't see that? What? He went, like, right before the Olympics. He said he had seen some disconcerting uh, things that, that he was worried whether or not the London Olympics would be a success. And pissed off David Cameron, uh, the prime minister of, of England, is he's in the conservative party, which you think that would be his ally. They're more like the Republicans. They're like the same kind of people. Right. And David Cameron bitch slapped him. And he said, uh, uh, London is one of the biggest, largest, bustling cities in the world. He said, it's easy to put on an Olympics in the middle of nowhere, meaning Salt Lake City, you, Mitt Romney, punk, yeah. and just like bitch slapped him in, 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 in front, on the world stage. Uh, I guess that's a bitch slap. It's about the Olympics. Who gives a fuck? Seems what? silly. What I think is uh, fascinating, really fascinating about this guy was that he might not have paid taxes for 10 years. Right, and that... Uh, <laughs> I love that the, the Democrats 
are playing that old Republican dirty game that was always the Republicans did the dirty ads and shit. And yeah. the Democrats, I love that ad where Romney's singing America the Beautiful off key, and then they show he's got his money in the Bahamas and the Cayman Islands. He cares so much about the United States that he keeps his money off foreign shore. It becomes a problem, though, when you really accept the fact that the guy is a businessman. I'm not saying that what he did wasn't unethical, but if it was legal, they're sort of obligated by their shareholders to do the things that profit them the most as long as it's within the legal parameters and right you know, but whatever. personal taxes there was a uh, I, on on like uh, POTUS on Sirius I heard a, a Romney speech like six months or I don't know whenever his taxes just came out three months ago whatever that was and some guy stood up at his speech and said uh, on your personal taxes it says you've got 1.6 million dollars invested in um, foreign countries outside of the United States why isn't that money being invested in the United States if you care so much about it. And he goes, oh, well, I was unaware of that. I'll have to look into that. You know, if you're unaware, unaware of, of a million 1.6 bucks, million fucking dollars. That shit's ridiculous. Yeah. You know Romney's desperate because his new campaign slogan is Mitt Romney. He's not the black guy. <laughs> oh, how dare you work the material into the show. How dare you, sir. How dare you? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, this is the biggest shell game ever. We're, we're still playing it. We're still suckers pretending there's a real election going on. Same fucking companies are paying his campaign. And this, Obama. This, and yeah. Obama. So there's a lot of cross-campaigning. Yeah. And they, you know, it's a bribery. We, we've passed laws. The Supreme Court has completely failed us, and they passed laws that allow these corporations to donate as much money as they like. They act as an individual. They can make massive donations, and that affects law. And that's Who was it? Was. was it Will Durst? Some comedian uh, a few years ago said that politicians should be like race car drivers. They should wear the, um, their corporate sponsors. Yeah, that is hilarious. I think that was Durst. It might have been. It sounds like him. Yeah. It's genius. It is. But it's true. It's, it's nonsense. I mean, when you feel like Dr. Drew got paid, you know, over $100,000 for, uh, I think it was more than that, 200 and something thousand dollars to promote certain, certain antidepressants, to promote their off-shelf properties, like uh, the fact that they uh, make you hornier or something, they're better for, for sex. Like, you hear that and you go, come on, Really? Can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody. Is everybody getting paid off? Yeah. Everybody getting paid off? As I hawk alpha brain at the beginning of my podcast. <laughs> I swear to God, I wouldn't hawk it if I didn't take it. <laughs> I just got a comp- comment. Isn't on my there own, anybody who's not for sale? My own hypocrisy. <laughs> I'll try to keep it as real as possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's very difficult. But that is real. Alpha brain is real. No, no uh, diet for you. No exercise. No uh, vitamins. I told you. I just started doing the the, the yoga. Uh, I do vitamins. Yeah, yeah. multivitamins yeah. and shit. Yeah, fish oil is the shit. Take uh, a lot yeah. of fish oil. Yeah, it's amazing. Make your joints feel better. I take fish yeah. oil and a multivitamin. Do you uh, count down the days till the singularity when you can download yourself into a computer? Are you thinking about that for the future? What's that? The singularity. You don't know what, um, you ever hear of Ray Kurzweil, any of that shit? Mm-mm. Futurists that believe that artificial technology, or artificial intelligence rather, is going to be uh, the, the, the next stage of existence. We're going to be able to download ourselves into machines. Nothing? Nothing? Mm-mm. I figured that to be right up your alley, man. Somebody mentioned that to me the other day, that this is, we're living already in a, this, this virtual world, that there's some uh, economist came out with some, some like, secret computer code in the 40s then we're already living in this, uh, and I was like... Oh. A simulation. A simu- it's called simulation theory. It's been what I, all I've been talking about with my friends 
me and Duncan get on the phone almost every other day and talk about simulation theory. And so the the thing is, there's Duncan Trussell. Yeah, Duncan. That's Trussell. who told me this. Oh, there you go. Perfect. That's who. That's, <laughs> that, that, that that's who I was talking to. That it was Duncan that's who told so me. So perfect. And I was like, wow, I, shit, I can't afford yeah. property in this 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 world either. Like, he and I discuss this all the time, and it's uh, it's. What it is is particle physicists, I believe it was, or whoever the fuck it was, these, these string, string theory, theory uh, guys, they found some sort of very specific code in, uh, in the nature of reality. You know, like there's the Fibonacci sequence, and this, that's like where faces are designed certain ways, and sunflowers are designed certain ways. This is called the golden ratio, I believe it's called. Or is that pi? Whatever it is, the Fibonacci sequence is a, a number sequence that exists in everything. It exists in pine cones, sunflower seeds, the way the petals of a flower blossom, the way the, the branches of a tree. It's all to a, a, a very specific mathematical code. It's amazing. It's amazing when you really stop and look at the fact that, wow, this might really be some crazy one and zero program. You know? But Duncan is obsessed with it, as am I. We talk about it every day. It sounds, I mean, people get pissed we talk about it so much on the podcast because it becomes like almost a repetitive topic, but... It's still fascinating, still to me. I could talk about it 100 days in a row, and it still fucking tweaks my head. Because it's going to be real someday. Someday. If you, if, look, if you believe that TVs didn't used to exist at one point in time and someone invented it, that, that, that mind-blowing change is just one step in an infinite process of constant technological reinvention, innovation, new shit constantly coming down at an, an, an ever-escalating pace. If, if one day we can envision virtual reality, we easily could be in it already. Why would you mean you're not going to know? If that, if that would suck. If you, if you wanted to live this fake life and, you know, you would have like, like, like tabs to quit X here, you know, like little floating tabs in your life where you could put, you would never think about the life being real anymore. You wouldn't even really like it or appreciate it. You can't have the tabs. You can't have a way out. It's, it's all in. It's all in the simulation, or not. or not, you know? Maybe it's just horseshit. Maybe it's just hippie nonsense while you wait for the end. <clears throat> she brought that kid that got shot in the backseat of a car. The cops uh, he was handcuffed, handcuffed him yeah. and shot him in the head. They said he shot himself. Yeah, yeah. How? Is that the one in Anaheim? No, no, this is a new one. The Anaheim, they've got fucking military in, uh, in the street arresting people, yeah. shooting rubber bullets at people, arresting people. It's crazy. They're wearing camouflage. It's, it's real bizarre. It seems very strange. When you see them, it's a, there's a whole different thing when you see them wearing like this Iraq desert military camouflage. Like, why, is, why are you wearing desert camouflage in Anaheim? Like, right. what the fuck the is... happiest place in the world, that's why. But it's almost like you're wearing your gang colors. Like, you're letting everybody know, like, this is the military. You know, this is, uh, this is, the, this is our gang color. We'll wear, like, sand camouflage. Right. right. Well, I, I think it's the future. I, when I lived in Amsterdam... I guess 2002, when the second Iraq war uh, was, was, was just about to start, there was this massive uh, anti-war protest on Museum Plain, uh, this big piece of green grass by the museums, Museum Square. Um, and all these people, like thousands of people were out there, and from every direction at one point, like it was, some people started throwing bottles. There was a few, uh, you know, knucklehead hooligans who were throwing bottles. And then all of a sudden, from every direction of this massive square, about the size of a football field. So you got like six different streets coming into this rectangular big grass area. Uh-huh. And from all six directions, these, and I've never seen vehicles like this in my life, these like 
uh, like these military, these gray military vehicles came busting in, and everybody's just running like, like rats, looking things, like, like tank looking things, and they had water cannons on the top, and these water cannons were like just spraying people and shooting them knocking people down like you know Alabama uh, in the 60s Birmingham uh, you know the uh, fire hoses on people and I was like wow uh, that's the future well, they can just come in with these military vehicles and just spray people they don't even have to kill them just you know what the fuck though really yeah in, just- in, in Amsterdam that's crazy. So Amsterdam's a nutty ass fucking place. They have the best kickboxers uh, pretty much ever. Like right, they, it, even better than the Thai guys because they're bigger people. You know, I mean, if you wanted to com- compare it, like the Thais certainly have the more skilled practitioners, but they're really lighter guys. But they've had guys that have uh, done really well and uh, gone over there from Amsterdam, even the lighter weights, and compete and beaten the the Thais. But uh, Amsterdam is super famous for uh, kickbox. Holland in general, super famous for kickboxing. Awesome. So one area developed like some of the best kickboxers of all time. All the like big top name heavyweights, a huge amount of them came from Holland. Nice. Remy Bonchaski, Ernesto Hust. It's Rob, also one of the world's largest banking Rob entities. Uh, is it really? And, yeah, and that's a, that's the the ultimate trick that the Dutch do is they they want people to think it's all marijuana and tulips over there and prostitutes, but you know like the Rolling Stones and U2, I think Coca-Cola, all these like corporations are based there. The Elvis Presley estate. So they can there? get these, uh, um, you know, low tax rates and stuff. What kind of low tax rates are we talking about? I don't know. Like Mitt Romney low? Time to move. Yeah. Time, maybe time to move to Amsterdam. It gets <laughs> That's cold there, Amsterdam. dude. Gets cold there, dude. Gets cold there. But when the global time. warming kicks in, that might be the spot. Yeah. Right? When the oceans start to rise. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's underwater. It's the lowlands, and that's why they have canals. So if the if the oceans rise, Holland will be non-existent. Have you seen the satellite images of Greenland? Mm-mm. Greenland, for the first time, has no snow on it. Wow. Look at this. See, pull that shit up, Brian. It's ridiculous. They, uh, they, they haven't had this happen since, like, the 1800s, I don't think. Greenland, uh, and they're saying this is, like, one of the best uh, signs that there really is some sort of uh, global warming catastrophe that's about to happen? Well, if it already happened a couple hundred years ago, wouldn't that just mean it's like, oh, it's just happened again? Well, <laughs> the, the idea is that it is going to happen again, but we're going to have to uh, figure out um, how, to, uh, how to move around it. Like, look, did you see the pictures? I'm looking you at it. pulled it right out, now. I got it right here. So if you go to Google Image, the first image shows you the extent of the surface melt. It's pretty fucking crazy because Greenland is pretty much all covered in ice. Did you see the first one? If you go to Google uh, image, just uh, Google uh, Greenland melted. Just Greenland melted. and Yeah, the first one, the first one there. Look at that. That's what it used to look like on the left. That's what it looks like now on the right. There's no snow. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's really hard to wrap your fucking head around, man. And uh, I don't think that happens very often. <laughs> I think the idea is that that is pretty fucking rare. I like what the the people in Iceland they they named Greenland Greenland and Iceland Iceland, so the Vikings would attack Greenland and not Iceland. Really? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah, because Iceland is actually the greener area. Is Iceland and, nice? And Greenland is more ice and stuff. I've never been there. But Iceland. But apparently, they named it that way. You know, to to trick the Vikings so they wouldn't come up and rape their women. That's hilarious. But Iceland is uh, the place. Uh, it, what, what? How cold does Iceland get? 
I have no idea. What just happened in Iceland? Something just happened there, right? They are uh, the bankers. They're holding them accountable. Yes. There's that, yes. the trial there. Yeah. What is, what is, and, and that's it doesn't, also they it doesn't the volcanoes get, it doesn't get as well, much right? media coverage in the United States because uh, we don't want to give our citizens the idea that we should right. try bankers that fucking collapsed our system. They also had a volcanoes act, volcano yeah, act. Yeah, right? what, uh, right. yeah, that was like a year or two ago, and yeah. all this volcanic ash went all over Europe, and they had to cancel flights and stuff. Yeah, did you see that? It was crazy. It was, People yeah, were driving, it was, dark it was like cloud snow. Over it. Yeah. It's like they were driving in volcanic snow. So they're holding the bankers accountable. That's what's going on over there? A few of them, yeah, are on trial. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like you have to almost have to be a small European country to figure out how to do it completely correctly. It's like when you become as big as the United States is, it's like small European countries are really like states. And it's like Texas could probably be fine if it was left on its own. You know, I mean, that's essentially how Europe is. There's European countries that are smaller than Texas. You know, so they're, they're the only ones that can really get it together. Like fucking control. Right. Well, that's it. I think there's just a lot of people that don't give a shit in this yeah. country, and that was what I found refreshing about the Occupy movement. It was like, wow, it was good to see that you know some people in this country are passionate enough to to get out and yeah. and protest. Well, the youth, the people that don't have a lot invested already in the system. The real problem is once people get invested in the system and they have a mortgage and they yeah, have children to feed, and credit card and debt, stuff. student loans, boom, you're sucked in with your lease, your car payment. You're sucked in, and you gotta you gotta com- continue to at least feed you know your portion of the system. So that's all your motivation and energy's gone. Eight hours a day, you're gone. Eight hours a day, at least five days a week. Six if you have any ambition at all, you piece of shit. And that's you. That's your life. And what are you gonna do for the route? You got a couple hours left of the day where you're gonna eat and catch your breath and jerk off and, and, <laughs> and really probably barely get to the gym. You know, I mean, there's no revolution time. So when you get these kids and they're you know, 18 years old, and they got no future, and they're looking at the future, and they're like, you know what? I, I saw this one kid that actually said that. He was like, I'm joining a revolution. He goes, I realized that I can't, I can't enter into a system that I have no faith in, so right out of college, I'm just joining a revolution, and I'm going to be a part of this movement. Hopefully it's not the Pepsi revolution. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I don't think that's what he was talking about. But you know, you look at you look at you know people in the 60s and 70s, they stopped Vietnam, and mm. it, there was... Not really. Took a long ass fucking time, and they had they yeah, no other way to justify it anymore. And they stopped something that they created under false pretenses. They created a war. Uh, they faked a fucking incident to drag us into it. Right, but that goes back to the Spanish American War. There was an incident in the Havana Harbor in Cuba. Spain had uh, Cuba and the Philippines, and we said that some ship had been attacked of ours. Uh, I think it was the Bismarck. What year was no? this? Well, what is it? I don't know. We've always um, done it right. And then, and then so, yeah, and then so we went to war with Spain, and we got Cuba and the Philippines. Well, the really loony toony people believe that this kid in Colorado is a government plant. I heard that. Well, yeah. did you see the photos of, like, combi- looking at his nose from the, fo- the original photo they posted? Mm-hmm. Like, his nose is, like, really thin. Mm-hmm. And then his, like, recent pil- pictures, he's got, like, a, a spread-out nose that looks completely different. And they're mm-hmm. saying, like, his ears don't match the old photo and, like, all this weird yeah, stupid I, stuff. I, I, it's ridiculous. I looked yeah. at the photos. I'm like, this is just the first. They're not. These aren't crystal clear photos. Like, sometimes in photos, things look odd. And he's smiling yeah. in one. Your nose kind of yeah. stretches. My nose flares. But the, uh, the idea is that he was uh, somehow or another brainwashed and, and sent in there by the government so that they could take away our guns. This is the this is the narrative, is that you know from the really extreme Alex Jones type individuals right. who believe that the government is constantly plotting to take away your guns and, and slowly and you know he's he's right more than he's wrong unfortunately Alex Jones thank God there is an Alex Jones Fuck I yeah. love the fact that there's this guy who is stirring up uh, things and he, he's 
he's uh, he's lifting up stones and saying, "Let's look under there," you know. Yeah, but he's finding like ghost worms and shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of, some of it's wacky, but I I, yeah. I I appreciate Alex Jones. I I I like what he's doing. I do too, you know. And it, and, and we it makes we both know attention. him, you know. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. A great dude. guy. I love hanging out with him. He's a great guy. He actually just sent me a text today. I'm not name dropping or nothing. But I'm like that with Alex Jones. I look at any text that comes from him. I'm like, hello, government. <laughs> For sure you're reading this one. You know? You're not going to get anything too interesting out of me. But Alex Jones might send you some interesting stuff. Yeah, fucking guy, man. He'll uncover everything constantly all day, every day, and never take days off. But he, he believes. I know. How does he come up with all this information? It's incredible. Well, the internet. And he's got a whole c- crew of people working for him in Austin. He's got a, like a, a whole big office staffed full of k- young killers. You know, young people that are like hungry and want to be down with the cause. And they're all working with him. He's on an empire now. Alex Jones has a, a gigantic, like, sort of underground media empire. But he's, uh, he couldn't be doing any better than he's doing. I mean, it's like more, the more and more his uh, shit comes out and turns out to be true, the more people just are at least paying attention to him. You know, might not believe with everything he has to say, because sometimes he does go deep, but at least they're paying attention to him. Because he's, you know, did you see the shit that he predicted about, or there was a, a video called 911 Road to Tyranny? Mm-mm. And he had, uh, he showed how governments have uh, created chaos in, in sort of in peaceful situations in order to allow the police and riot gears to come in and clear out peaceful demonstrations. And I had never thought that that was real. I never, I thought, like, that's crazy. But he showed it, and it showed evidence, evidence photographs of these people wearing military-grade boots, these cops that were uh, dressed up like uh, hooligans that would smash windows, and they were, like, sent in there, employees of the federal government, sent in there to cause ca- havoc and wreck Per, private property so that they could bring in cops and close down the peaceful protests of the World Trade Organization. And it's nuts. You watch it and you go, well, you can't deny this. This is something you can't deny. Like, this is what, these, these are the facts. Those guys did do that. The cops did negotiate with them. They were released. No charges were filed. They really did break up the protest. They really did stop people from wearing pins that's, that had protests on them. They had a WTO with a red line on it, mm. and they established a line where you could not come through with that pin on. They established a no protesting line, even in what you were wearing. That's, the, that's some communist fucking North Korea type shit, man. You can't even have a WTO pin with a red line through it. I have to, like, say, even if I'm saying nothing, I have to subscribe to your ideology or I can't get through. You, I can't even protest in the form of a pin. That's that that anybody would allow that like that is the most dangerous mind the most dangerous mindset that our government could ever have that you can't even just have a red line through this idea of a WTO I can't get to work I can't go into my room really Alex Jones he he uncovered all that shit so for people that don't believe in I'm like there's a lot of stuff that guy gets that's right right undisputable fucking the Oklahoma City shit that's some of the scariest stuff ever man when he uh, goes deep into the uh, the mysteries behind Oklahoma <coughs> City that, that uh, the, the damage that was done by that fertilizer bomb the, right. the video of uh, the FBI pulling un, uh, unblown bombs out of the building you know 
It's crazy. It's crazy. Conspiracies are nuts, man. It's so it's such a mind fuck to think there's so many people out there conspiring to do creepy shit, and you got to like break each one down. You know, decades later, still try to figure out who killed Kennedy. How oh, the fuck did they do right. it? What happened? Right. You know, Oklahoma City, no fertilizer bomb could do that kind of damage. Ah, you know, it could mind fuck you into a state of paralysis where you can't get anything done. Where all right. you do is. Thinking about thermite in 9-11, you know? <laughs> Fucking thermite. It cut through these beams. and uh, How did Tower 7 fall, man? How did Tower 7 fall? You could lose your whole life in that shit. Right. But then again, you know, someone's got to bring it up. Right? Keep these bastards on their toes, Does it Joe. work? Does it work? Does it work, Tom Rose? I don't know. Do you think... is? Is there anything that is going to keep tyranny on its toes other than exposing it, other than information? I think as we lose all of our privacy, that's what's eventually going to That's the thing. I think it's naturally going to happen because it's just so hard to keep things suppressed anymore. Yeah, it's hard to fuck people over when everybody's going to know everything that everybody's doing all the time. That's what the reality is. The future is going to have no privacy. Yeah, just Twitter alone fucking destroyed that. Joe Rogan's at the Olive Garden with an Asian girl. You had to say it, you motherfucker. <laughs> Olive Garden, you son of a bitch. Seven, 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 seven. Brian is on an Asian kick lately. It's always, it, when you reference a girl, it's always an Asian girl. Any any bit you have. So you're there with an Asian girl. I'm trying new Asian material. Yeah, I know. That's, it's all, everything is all Asian these days. The kid's wacky. The kid's wacky. I have this new theory that I told you about the other day, and I talked about it more last night with a couple other people about how uh, my friend, she's Japanese. Japanese and I've been trying to talk as if I'm talking Japanese like doing like my impersonation of a Japanese person so I'm going like like that and then every couple sentences she goes oh you just said a real word you said you know (laughs) apple or you said taco and I'm like wow that's weird I wonder if like I do Chinese if I'm like and they're like you know that's apple you know that you just said a real Chinese word and that's just our impersonation of that that you know almost our racist version of what we think they sound like but yet there's some truth to it and so then I asked my Asian friend I'm like what do people that don't speak English like what's their version of an English person is it just like you know like is it our retard sound or something well, don't you remember <laughs> that song do you remember that song that the italian guy had put out he was a famous italian singer and he put out a song that was his version of like us doing italian like i don't know how to speak italian oh, so right. if i was like if i was making up words that's what he did but he did it in what american sounds to him oh. pull that up man what, what it's uh i think it's how the american language sounds here i'll, I'll google it real quick I think as uh, Tom Rhodes got a little baby bladder. Look at that. Or a huge cocaine addiction. How American English sounds. Sounds. Yeah. Singer. Ribbit. Um, Sounds to foreigners. How American English. That's it. What American English sounds to uh, foreigners. American English. And then go to videos. Here we go. And go to videos, and you see the top one. There's right. a uh, black and white one. Click on that shit. That's this guy. It's really a badass song. Joey Diaz got oh, mad. I think we. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, think maybe. Yeah, yeah. Turn it up. Come mai hai scritto una canzone con delle strane parole che non dicono niente? Whoa! What happened? Freezing cold in nights years old. You the cold maze say one freezing cold in nights years old. All right. These are all fake words. This is actually pretty badass. 
pretending to speak English, you gotta listen to this, it's really cool. We just stay in the shoes and I will hold the scene in a whole rate, maybe get the color boss dying. It's fucking badass. What is this, Italian? Yeah, it's, an, it's no, it's not. It's gibberish. It's him trying to do no, what, is this, what Italian it sounds, television. Yes. It's what it, he his version of what America sounds like. These bitches that's are crazy. hot as fuck. Yeah, that's it's not a smart move, man. Just put a bunch of hot bitches dancing. Right. Great. Listen production. to this. This is the cool part. They actually had like lyrics. <laughs> what is this dude's name? Adriano Salatano. Yeah, he was a, apparently he was a, a famous guy in Italy. It's pretty badass. Yeah, that, that's really cool, and that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, I didn't yeah. really know if there, that even existed because you you know you always hear the like on TV and stuff. You always hear like the the version of a Chinese person or right. you know an African's just a bunch of clicking noises and stuff. Yeah, but like you don't you don't know what English sounds like, and it makes me wonder. Like, you could tell that he had a couple words in there that were like all right and stuff like that. Yeah, but. Uh, but it's really weird trying to play that game and trying to find Japanese like words. Like I've almost made it a game where I'm just like, all right, here, all right, I'm gonna do this. Uh, you know, and, there, and then she'll be like, oh, you just said good morning and shoelaces, and I'm like, wow, that's so weird. It, it makes me almost wonder if it's somewhere built in your brain that you actually what? know Fuck it. You talk, no, you're getting lucky and making up fake words. There's only a certain amount of Chinese sounds you can make with your mouth. That's funny. Yeah, we're, well, the language is very bizarre that, like, the Germans have such an... You know, it's like, what, what, what causes these, these different, like, harsh sounds? Right, and that, like, France is, you know, borders it, and it's, they speak a different language completely? Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Spain. But ja- when she speaks Japanese to you, is it kind of trippy? It, yeah, it's super weird. It's, it's kind of hot, right? It's crazy. I think... Um, Yurishi? Yurishi. Are you happy? Yeah. If you were going to learn a language, that's a rough one. Just getting into the character thing again. Anything Spanish or semi-European probably be fairly easy for us to wrap our heads around. And then all these different countries I've gone to, I've asked people, how do you say, are you happy? Like in Dutch, it's, ben je gelukkig? In Japanese, it's, yurishi? I think it's the one question I want to ask people when I'm in a different country. It's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Are you happy? Did you learn Dutch when you uh, lived in Holland? Uh, Klein Beetje, Meneer, Heel uh, Moynavent, huh? I don't know what that means. <laughs> just asking a question. You don't got to get fucking uh, uh, No, not, not fluently. I just know basic, like, cordial things. But you were living there, right? Did you feel the need, like, you know? Uh, they are really strict on uh, brown-skinned foreigners learning the language. Uh, if you're white, I guess they they're not as strict. Brown skinned foreigners, they don't want you to. Learn like Dutch? yeah, like a lot of Moroccan people live there, and um, they're really 
uh, tough on them. And really? you got to learn the language. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I got by. Oh, so I see what you're saying. So they, they hold them more accountable. And they, they hold, them. they hold uh, dark-skinned immigrants more accountable than. Are Moroccans like known to be like wild? Is that the deal? Well, it's interesting. Their breakdown. They're kind of like um, uh, our American uh, black youth, where they get blamed for everything. The teenage boys get blamed for all the crime, and um, uh, it's you know uh, they're you know typical gang bangers. But it's it's like a media perception. They get uh, they're the they're the um, shit on people there. Do you know who uh, Badr Hari is? You ever heard of him? No. Famous Holland guy. He's a kickboxer, like one of the best kickboxers in the world. Keeps getting. Uh, he's a Moroccan guy. Keeps getting arrested for beating people up. Out, he's like heavyweight kickboxing champion and fucks people up on the street. Nice. Yeah. Oh, him fucking people. I, th- I meant no nice on the street. And, I meant nice that he's such a great fighter. <laughs> and then he's from Holland and he's Moroccan. But it's a, but Mor- so he, Moroccans are known to be wild folks. No, I. No? Uh, I mean, you know, they're uh, they they get kind of blamed for crime and things there. But uh, they, yeah, there's there's some Moroccans that are badasses. Did you feel overall safer there or here? Uh, I had like a dream existence there. You know, I, I lived there for for a, a love story first, and then I was on television for a few years, and and I really got to um, experience Dutch culture like even a lot of Dutch people don't. Like I had this magic passport on the country. Uh, my favorite thing about the talk show was every episode I would make a five-minute film on Dutch culture where I would get to experience something of Dutch culture. Like I spent a day with a Dutch farmer, once uh, I walked into an electric fence, he said, "Look out for the electric fence." In Dutch, I don't speak Dutch. Uh, I got to go to the. Pri- I got to go to the. <laughs> what did pri- that feel like? Oh, it was uh, it was an eye opener. Yeah, it was uh, it was jolting. Uh, I got to cover the prime minister debates. I was down on the floor talking to the prime minister, and, and they did it in English. Uh, well, I mean, their debates were in Dutch. I mean, I was there. I was there with a press pass after the debates. I got to ask questions, but I was given a. Uh, you know, all these different tours of the red light district by a, a former prostitute that did a lot of social work for, um, you know, prostitutes so they get their health care and pay their taxes and stuff. Uh, so I had this really magical uh, experience there. I, I did actually date a Moroccan woman there for a while. And it was interesting because she was a really developed uh, European girl, but to her strict Muslim family, she was a different person. Like so she, she put she, on an act. She could go out with me and you know have drinks and get a freak on and do you know non Naughty. non-Muslim activities. Naughty shit, right? But in front of her family, and so she could never tell her family about me. Um, Perfect. Because uh, honor killings. Honor killings, and, really? Uh, yeah, and I told her. I told her once. I said, you know, uh, you know, why, uh, you know, you can't you tell your family about me? And she said, well, uh, I'm protecting you. She goes, I got some crazy cousins. I don't know what they're capable of. Oh, that's some dangerous pussy, Tom Rhodes. Did you feel that sense of danger while you were in that? <laughs> Did you feel that? <laughs> no, she was. Oh, you make. I think it was a very, but that was a very typical, a, a very typical uh, Dutch story that uh, this you know Moroccan girl is. You know, she's raised in Europe. She's a very liberal, open-minded person, but to her strict religious family, she was a different person. Those are the last holdouts. Those those folks that want people to stick with their religion or stick with their race, those are the last holdouts of a dying generation of people that didn't want to assimilate. I think once once we uh, achieve the next level of, of 
assimilation with technology, you know, whatever it is, right. whatever whatever's coming that's going to make Twitter look like, you know, look like fucking sketches written on a, on a wall somewhere as opposed to HD definition television, you know, whatever the next thing is going right. to be. It's going to uh, bring us my, all My wife is from Holland, but she's, uh, she's, she's Indian. So. Gonna, do you think that languages eventually will evolve to one language? I mean, is that well? I think we hit the lottery the, as far uh, as languages goes. Especially if you're a comedian, there's all these great gigs all over the world, and as English and people. English is yeah. the language of business. The way 300 years ago, the worldwide language of business was French. If you had a you know a global business, you had to to do your stuff in French. Now it's English. Could you imagine though if the world spoke in one? I mean, that's the whole idea about the Tower of Babel, right? It was that that would it was designed that way to confuse us to keep us from progressing. They gave us all a bunch of different languages. We all got baffled and we went off in separate ways and we couldn't communicate with each other. So, as I'll a, tell you what's weird is uh, a, a, a friend of mine um, I, I I know a few deaf people and I was asking them uh, is 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 sign language universal? And no, sign language is different in Australia than it is in, in America. You think that sign language for deaf people would be universal. Do you think the yeah. one benefit of being deaf would be you could talk to a, a deaf person in China or that it was yeah. all the same, but apparently they're different all over. There's <sighs> What a pain in the dick. Sign language. Uh, what, are, what are their books like? Braille. Yeah, do they ever have books? <laughs> do they ever have books that's just no, that's signs, right. just hands together, just the images? Yeah, I wonder. Signs? That's a good. It's the the whole idea that human beings communicate so very differently all over the world. It's very strange. I wondered when uh, Google Translate came out if that was really going to have a significant impact on how we understand each other. But it's still it's so garbled. You ever like try to convert Portuguese to English? I love like that, that. That on the on the computer, the on my Mac, there's that little language converter. Yeah. It's nice, but it's still clunky. You know, it is a little clunky. But I've got cousins in Argentina. My mother's from Buenos Aires. Oh yeah, and I've been down there like three times, and a lot of them don't speak English. And I'm friends with them on Facebook, and they'll send me messages that are in English, the little choppy, broken English. Oh, wow, that's but cool. I know they put it into the the language converter, and then I'll be able to write them back. You know, a little message and. And do the same. When I was in Brazil, copy dudes paste would, that bad boy. Dudes would talk to you that way. If they wanted to talk to you in Brazil, they would have a Google Translate. So they would cite, cite something in Portuguese and then put it in and then hold it up to you. Genius. Yeah, it was amazing. It was cool. It's a, it's that's that's the future. It's like somewhere it's going to be like. Wasn't there a movie once where a guy would talk to you in a foreign language and it would convert it right in front of you into your ear? That's the next shit. Right. That is the next shit. Have you seen uh, these? Um, Note applications on um, on iPhones where you talk into it. No, oh. want to see something crazy? Let's Check see this it. shit out because this is amazing. It's it's almost unbelievable. It's a, it works so quickly that it doesn't seem like it's real. You press the thing like you want to have a, a thing. There's a little microphone right there, mm-hmm. and I just press that, and I go, Tom Rhodes is a bad motherfucker, and immediately, cool. Look at that. That's awesome. I mean, that's incredible. And it's, it spells it all right. It capitalizes your name. Nice. I mean, it's incredible. So if you ever have any ideas, if you're in your car, you don't have to like pull over and write anything down. You just press a button and start talking. It's great. Fucking sick. It's like Michael Keaton in um, Night Shift. Yeah. How uh, how Ideas much to eliminate garbage? How much time paper. do you spend writing? How much time do you spend like working on your act? And, and you know, I'm always adding little things. Um, 
you know, I, I just did an hour special and I just came out with a new CD. So now I got to, you know, come up with a whole new thing. So next year I'm going to do a different approach. I'm going to do less road stuff. Uh, I like totally overbooked this year and, um, I'm going to, I'm going to work less next year, uh, on, on just do, you know, world road stuff that I like the best, San Francisco, London, um, you know, Atlanta, Sydney, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in California as much as I can next year and just like, uh, do, you know, uh, short sets and work on coming up with the whole new next thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm in that phase right now too. I'm constantly working on new shit. I mean, we do a lot of shows here at the ice house. That's why I'm psyched that you're performing here this weekend. The place is a shit. And, uh, oh, we'll, we'll get is. that place packed. If you want, if you want to go there, go to icehousecomedy.com. And uh, come see Tom Rhodes. You're uh, you're the real deal. You're out there fucking making it happen, Tom Rhodes. Anytime you ever want to come back on this podcast, man. I love you, man. It's I so great too, to buddy. see you. And uh, yeah, if I'm going to be spending more time here, I'd love to hang out more in your hippie den. Fuck yeah, dude. We would love to have you. Uh, you know, come and do these shows. These Wednesday and Friday shows are perfect for fucking I'm around in. and trying I'm out in. new material. The um, uh, audiences are amazing. Thank you, everybody that came out last night because it was fucking sick. That we yeah. had like a three hour show. It was nuts. I mean, it started out, it was Brody Stevens. First of all, Tony Hinchcliffe is hilarious. That yeah. kid is a really good host. He's really man. good. He's really smooth. Yeah. And uh, Joey Diaz went up. Dom Herrera went up. Doug Benson went up. Ico went up. Ian Edwards. Ian Edwards went up. I mean, it was amazing. Burbank so, Bad Boy Brian. The Burbank Bad Band. Burbank Bad Pan. The Burbank Bad Pan. Yeah. Um, but thank you everybody for all the uh, all the positive tweets and all the messages and uh, thank you all these people that came to the shows uh, look everywhere we go we meet people that love this podcast and uh, believe us we have a we feel a massive feeling of obligation. Un- unquestionably, we will keep this thing going. We we owe it to you guys now. We started this weird thing. I, I don't know where it's going, but uh, but we're having a good time. So we appreciate the fuck out of all of you. Thank you to Alienware for hooking us up with these badass laptops. Yep. Check out this bitch. Look at that thing. That's 18 inches, son. You can't even get crazier than that. And it does, like, nutty graphics. It's got two... Two video cards, SLI. Go to Alienware MMA on Twitter. Follow them. They support a lot of MMA fighters, so we, we try to support them. And uh, thank you to Onnit.com. What are you doing? You're getting crazy. You're getting crafty. Thank you to Onnit.com. O-N-N-I-T. Makers of Alpha Brain, Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune. And uh, coming next week, next Tuesday, the uh, Hemp Force, the Hemp Protein Shake. Is, uh, is launching, and that stuff is the shit. Natural, it's all um, natural sweeteners with stevia, and it's got cocoa in it. Uh, all the information will be available on onnit.com. Go check it out. To buy supplements, use the code name Rogan. Save yourself 10%. The kettlebells and the battle ropes, you cannot use the code name on that because we're selling them literally as cheap as you can. It's the highest quality kettlebell you can buy. They're made by Troy, but essentially it's very expensive to send cannonballs through the fucking mail. So um, go get some. Go get it. Get on it. Use the code name Rogan. Save yourself some money. All right, somebody save me. This fucking podcast Check is over, out Brody I can't stop Steven. talking. Check out Brody Stevens. Enjoy it. August 6th. It's on HBO Go. Download all of them, and we're in there somewhere, I think. And underscore, underscore Tom Rhodes on Twitter. we got to do something about that. That other Tom Rhodes It's going to be getting mad tweets today saying, Your stories, man, were awesome. <laughs> Was that stand-up comic? Beep, beep. <laughs> we won't give that guy up, but we should give that guy up. But we won't give that guy up. <laughs> Don't do it. Ladies and gentlemen. The future is near. It's closing in on you. Suck it up. Move forward. Keep a big kiss.
Big love. Word salad. <laughs>